The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube this football season because Glenn and the crew have been pumping out all kinds of content. We've got all of the reaction from the latest practice for East Carolina football. Mike Houston comments, some player comments as well. Earlier this week, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell. You can watch that there. You can watch this show, The Brian Bailey Show, the newest edition of Pirate Radio Trivia, presented by White Claw, Hard Seltzer, and A.J. McMurphy's, and uh, a ton of other goodies there, all available to watch in their entirety on YouTube. You can watch this show live on YouTube as well, and rewind if you jump in halfway through the show, so a great feature there. All right, coming up on today's program, a lot to get to. we got a ton of ECU audio to get to you'll hear from ecu at football coach mike houston in just a moment also some pirate players jeremy lewis john young and cj johnson who you heard from extensively monday and we'll hear from on mondays as part of the pirate radio player lounge he talked to the media as a whole today following east carolina football practice so we'll have all that for you we'll hear from donnie kirkpatrick in hour three when a guy he used to coach will join me in the Pirate Radio studios. Former ECU tight end Bryce Williams will be here in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk Pirate offense with Bryce and go Pirate Radio outdoors. Mully, Mike Mull is going to join us in hour number two of today's program. He's going to join us around 4.30. And we got the voice Jeff Charles coming up in just a little bit. All right. Chandler Honeycutt is sitting in the audio production chair today. Hello, Chan Man. What's up, Clipper? Glenn has his mic pushed way away from him, so he's not talking at the moment. Oh, hey, Glenn. Always busy, man. I know, man. You've been Content monster. <laughs> you have been absolutely it's killing it. It's a team it. effort. It's a team effort. We're really all putting together this content. And today, you are uh, helping out by running the video side of things while you do other stuff. It's a team effort, Bubba. Hey, we're all we're all, we're part all in of the this team. together. I mean, it, it doesn't get done unless we all pull our parts. I agree. Live together, die alone. <laughs> sure. If we don't continue to work the way we are, we're going to die. Just think about that, Chandler. You're going to die. Think about that, Chandler. All right. So, uh, man, we uh, we're locked and loaded today. We also have intern Gray in intern Gray who's been helping out behind the scenes, getting some Mike Houston audio together for us today so welcome intern gray intern jalen was in earlier mm-hmm. so we're uh we're uh, we're getting it done here on a wednesday you can be a part of the show chime in on twitter or facebook live or we're live so you can give us a call 317-1250 if you have thoughts on ecu football or other topics all right let's uh let's start with mike houston here on a wednesday and get his thoughts from ecu football practice which concluded a few hours ago big dog was out there 
and uh let's hear what mike houston had to say his opening comments after a wednesday practice i told i told the kids i was really pleased with the way that they uh the way they practice today it's it's wednesday you're you know three weeks or the third week uh, of camp and uh you're getting ready to you know finish up uh the camp part and head to game prep stuff and it's hard i mean we had a uh a, a very physical practice on Monday. We had a very good shells practice yesterday. And so, you know, really kind of challenged them to not have a letdown today. Just really pleased we've, we've stacked together three solid days in a row this week, just as far as the way we compete. Um, had a variety of different situations today, did some tempo stuff, did some, you know, some uh, some progression stuff uh, during the team period where you just kind of play the ball uh, live spot in certain situations. And uh, I thought we handled it really well. Um, and just, I, I just, I think we're executing just a little bit better both sides of the ball every day. So, uh, pleased with where we sit right here today, and just want to have finish up the week really good, and uh, you know, finish up camp uh, on Saturday, and then start getting ready for our opener. All right, Mike Houston there with his opening comments. Houston was also asked about C.J. Johnson, who uh, you heard from Monday as part of the Pirate Radio Lounge. You'll hear him all season long on Mondays here on Pirate Radio. Uh, also, a guy that. You know, came on the scene in uh, 2019 as a freshman, had a slow start, a strong finish, and uh, ended the year as we thought would be the go-to guy moving into 2020. As a freshman, C.J. Johnson, 54 catches, 908 yards, and four touchdowns. We saw those numbers take a, a massive dip in 2020, still led the team in touchdown catches, uh, but was down the list on catches and even yards, although he was uh, great at yards per catch, looking for a consistent 2021. And Mike Houston was glad to have him for spring ball and glad to have him in fall camp. And he was asked about C.J. Johnson's camp thus far. I, I think he's had the best camp that uh, he's had since I've been here. And I think there's lots of reasons for that. I mean, I think, you know, he his freshman year, he's a true freshman. And uh, I'm just telling you, and it's even if it's even more that way now. It, the freshman, it's I mean, it's a reality shock, you know, out there on the field. You know, last year we had the pandemic. You know, they weren't here all summer. They weren't here all spring. So this is the first year that he's had a whole summer of training, and he's in the best shape he's been in. I mean, he's down under 220. Um, he's running very well. Uh, he's he's really matured, and uh, I think he's having a really good camp. All right, that is positive news for the now third-year wide receiver for East Carolina. And, of course, Holden Naylor is former target at D.H. Conley High School. Uh, on the other side of C.J., he's facing some quality competition uh, on the back end of the ECU defense. Mike Houston talked about his veterans in the secondary. It's been great because you've had so much competition. I mean, it's, it's really it's push. You can't, you can't go out there and, and take a day off. I mean, if you go out there and you're not on it, you look up the next day and you'll be, you know, down the totem pole. So uh, I do think it is it has caused them to push each other, and I think that there's so many guys that are playing their best uh, ball right now. You know, Jawan Powell's one that just really stands out to having an outstanding camp, um, and it's you know he's a third year guy. And, you know, he had some issues when he was young, and uh, but just you know his maturity and just his competitive spirit. Um, and you know Warren's the steady old guy back there, and he's the he's the guy that he, he knows the defense. He can play any of the three safety spots, and that's certainly that's something that's a luxury to have a guy that has that kind of experience um, and that kind of you know handle on on the scheme. So uh, I think that they're all pushing each other, and making making each other better. 
All right, Mike Houston there on the secondary. He also talked about the QB's process uh, and progress this fall camp, uh, holding Aylers and also the guys vying for the backup quarterback spot for ECU. Well, I think it depends on what day it is. You know, some days I think they do, and some days, you know, it frustrates me. But uh, I think that uh, all, all three of the guys that are competing for the two have shown uh, flashes uh, that they can handle the job. Um, and then, you know, all three have done things that frustrate you. So I think that, uh, you know, the next two days and Saturdays especially is a, is a big day towards deciding who that guy is. That kind of sets up a big uh, second scrimmage for East Carolina this fall camp coming up on Saturday. He also referenced Thursday and Friday leading up to that scrimmage. So uh, a lot of laser focus will be on the guys behind Holton Aylers. It is it is not set as of right now who the backup quarterback is heading into Appalachian State, and we've seen it just about every year. You're going to need more than one quarterback, at least for a game, for a play, uh, throughout the college football season. So that is uh, an important spot that is still yet to be won, it appears, at this point. Uh, I love a depth chart. I don't know if we'll get an official one from ECU, but Stephen Igo asked Mike Houston, did he expect and, and want uh, most of his depth chart to be decided after this Saturday scrimmage? The quarterback's a little bit different, but you know we have so many positions, and running back is the best example where, I mean, you've got two starters. I mean, you got two guys that I would – if you give me my pick of everybody in the conference, those are the two I'd take, okay? And one of them's not the starter and the other one's the backup. I mean, they're both starters. And we have so many positions uh, on both sides of the ball that are exactly like that. You know, corner is another one. I mean, I feel like you have J-Mac, you have Malik, and you have Nolan, that all three are starters. And Demel has really come on uh, and, and pushed there also. So I think that, yeah, I, I want some things decided – but I don't know if you're going to sit here and say you've got 11 on this side and 11 on the other side, and that's it, because you just you have so much more depth than what we've had the past several years. There is Mike Houston talking about his depth. It was a trend that started, what, four or five, maybe longer than that years ago, where you would start to see the oars on the depth chart, and we'd go to Mike Houston's press conference every week. Actually, you know, Ruffin McNeil's uh, press conference, Scotty Montgomery's press conference, and you would get the game notes, the packets for each week, and it would have like uh, seven of the positions would have an or beside it. So, you know, the coaches have no responsibility to give the media or opposing team or fans or anybody uh, an official depth chart. So there's a lot of ors. There could be some... Uh, confusion that the coaches put out there on purpose uh, on a depth chart. But uh, Mike Houston's right, and he's speaking sincerely when he says there are a lot of oars on this team. I guess Raji Harris is going to get the first carry for East Carolina in 2021, but Keaton Mitchell could get the second and third. Uh, we don't know. They're going to use both of those guys. He talked about all the rotating in and out he can do uh, at corner. I think we're going to see that at defensive line. We talked with Igo yesterday about Noah Henderson, who right now might not be a starter for ECU, but they're going to work him back in. As uh, you know, last time we saw him, he was a starting tackle for the Pirates, but that hasn't been since 2019. So you got a lot of positions now where guys are going to be um, fighting for the top spot throughout the season, throughout the first month of the season, and hopefully it's a situation where the guy behind the starter. Is so good that uh, he's going to get plenty of reps as well. Xavier Smith will be starting somewhere. 
will it be inside linebacker will it be at rush end uh mike houston talked about him uh, picking up a new position this year well you know he's he's always played well always you know before i got here you know he played uh, he played tight end his freshman year he's played inside linebacker for us the last two years so he's playing the you know the stand-up outside linebacker you know for us during camp you know he's a guy that's going to play you know a lot of different places this year um you know he's we still rep him at inside linebacker um, we just happen to have some depth there. But, you know, as we get into some of our packages and stuff, you know, he's a guy that's going to be very, very important. Now, it does put a lot of stress on him. You know, it, it challenges him to, number one, he's got to really understand the scheme well, and he's got to be focused every snap because it's not a, it's not something where this is his third year doing it, you know, and it just comes old hat. So um, I do think it stressed him. Uh, you know, I do expect him to be, you know, one of our best defenders. I expect him to be one of the leaders of our defense, and I expect him to be an impact player. I don't care what position he's playing. Xavier Smith is uh, is going to be a factor one way or the other for East Carolina in 2021, and what a personality on that guy. I really enjoyed hearing from him Monday uh, during the Players' Lounge segment on Pirate Radio Live. You can download that and hear it in podcast form. Uh, wherever you get your podcast and uh, hear from Xavier, Bruce Bivens, and all the Pirate players that are now uh, Pirate Radio athletes, a team uh, with us here, uh, and you'll be hearing from them throughout the season. Uh, The big dog, Glenn Griffin, asked a question today regarding communication on the field from the players, and uh, Mike Houston had a good answer regarding that. You know, they're either either coached to do it or they're allowed to do it. You know, that's, that's the deal. And the kids, for the most part, they'll do what you demand of them. You know, because they want to win. You know, they want to be great. And so it's a whole thing of, you know, communicating to them the importance, showing the importance, but then demanding it from them during practice. Um, you know, everybody hears the music at practice. Well, yeah, it, it adds some energy. But the other thing is it forces them to communicate like it's going to be in Charlotte, like it's going to be September 11th here. It's going to be loud, both places. Okay, it forces them to use verbal signals and hand signals and it forces them to get a reaction. You know, we always say you give a you give a signal, you get a signal. That way, you know that your teammate got the communication. And I think it's just something that our coaches have done a good job of just really demanding of them, and then the kids demand it of themselves. All right, Mike Houston, there, Glenn, as you're out there uh, getting video, taking pictures, we always hear you know that it, it's different now, the culture, the you know all that. How have you experienced that firsthand when you're out of practice? kind of like i asked coach today uh they're chirpy now and they were not before you know things have changed i think in terms of the communication on the field before they almost seemed afraid to talk and now it's constant it's constant well you kind of went from no leaders to a bunch of leaders like everybody's kind of grown up together when you think of a, a team of 22 leaders that's your starters on offense and defense. Because they've been together so long now. I think Holt Naylor uh, said it on Monday during the Players' Lounge that would, it was seven on the leadership count, yep. so I believe it's 22 now. That's what I said, 22. It's 20, you're 22. That's your starters on offense and defense. It makes a difference. That's right, and all 22. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely picked up uh, from where it was when Mike Houston first got here. And uh, it is great to see, too, the – and, Glenn, you've put out some – behind the scenes videos of when the guys were here cutting liners and doing things like that and they get along they joke around and that can only mean good things on the field when there guys like each an other enthusiastic you don't have to vibe. like your teammate but it certainly seems like it works out better when you do right They're fighting for it, each other yeah there's an enthusiastic vibe like they, they have a good 
feeling, I think, about each other. And I think the fact that they go out there and they go to war against each other only intensifies the brotherhood in some ways. Because I ask a lot about, you know, like I asked CJ today, uh, what's his relationship with the secondary like right now? You know, and it's we're at war on the field. Yeah. You know, we're trying to get the best out of each other because we know that we're going to need it when we're teammates. Yeah, and I don't know if it was Snead or, or who said it on Monday that when you walk in the locker room, you know, it's everything that just happened on the field's over with. No, it's brotherhood. And, and your boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we could do a uh, – we could put together a quality three-hour show if I thought Chandler was a scum of the earth, just a human garbage pile. I think the show would be better. Sitting over there just like – biggest piece of trash i've ever laid my eyes on but i don't feel that way i like chandler he's a good guy and if i thought glenn was just like this big useless waste of space and oxygen <laughs> that would be bad hey rick rude but with I, your, I don't feel that way at all and promo <laughs> or, and you might think that way outside the studio but when we come in the studio we're bros baby it's a brotherhood or i just met intern gray uh two hours ago and i've already come to the conclusion that he's just a giant useless nothing burger <laughs> but i don't feel that way because he's very useful and did a great job earlier so uh we all get along i think it makes for a better show and a better better day and a better quality of life let's all get along people yeah right all right um next what do you want to see in the scrimmage on saturday asked by one ronald woodward well i think i, I think i'd like to see better execution i'd like to see the intensity level at a higher at a higher level um and then i just i just like to see our guys that i know our guys you know play like guys you know i the guys that are going to be our, 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 our playmakers, I want, I want to see them make those plays. So I just think it's a challenge to, to see us play, you know, the way I know we are. Um, and you know, we're going to try to get everybody work. So you're going to see uh, you're going to see the front line guys in there, and you're going to see some of the depth guys in there. So I think it's you know for a young guy like you know Pop McKay, you know it's this is different than anything he's ever done in his life. And you know, and that I mean it's it's to the point when we do we did inside run today, and I'm I'm telling you it's. That ain't for the faint of heart. Now it's you. They are striking each other. You know, it's it's rich the way I wanted it to be. You know, when I got here, I talked about it when I took the job, and it was a dang pillow fight. And it ain't that way anymore. And so for a guy like him, you know, now Saturday is so important because it's going to be the closest it's going to be to a game situation. So that when he steps foot on the field, whenever it is, whether it's down in Charlotte or later on in the season, when he steps foot on the field, he's prepared to be successful. And so I think these, you know, these live situations, whether it's, you know, a session of practice or that scrimmage on Saturday are so, so important for those young kids. All right. Uh, and speaking on Pop McKay, uh, Pop McKay specifically there, I hope he uh, turns out to be a really good running back because that is a cool nickname to have. Lay the pop. Like Lay the wood. Pop McKay, Tank Robinson, he, he, was, he was good. Now I ended up leaving ECU, but he, he was pretty good. You can pop a can. And like, like it really goes into tailgating it goes into football saturdays I yeah think it's nice like pig jackson was one of my all-time favorite nicknames i wanted yeah, i wish he could have you know closed yeah. out his career here at yeah. ecu but like pop mckay is a name that's fun to say you can do a lot with it and i hope it uh eventually translates uh, pro- you know it's not a problem but he's got some guys in front of him it's gonna be tough to get on the field for him as a freshman although we thought that for Harrison Mitchell last year. It was going to yeah. be tough for them true freshmen to get on the field, and look what they did. Yeah, Pop's got two great running backs in front of him in Icy and K3. <laughs> All right. 
are we doing it and see that is why i want pop to be good because that nickname is way better than those so sorry guys i gotta talk to them about their branding and marketing yeah here on monday i gotta i gotta have a conversation icy and k3 all right whatever works for you all right finally chandler you remember uh we were talking the other day about how these guys have been around so long and we mentioned bruce bivens and uh, another name you mentioned was aaron ramsour yeah who i moved in with him at freshman year in 2016 like in the same place no but i mean I remember, <laughs> it tells you how long he's been here i, I remember seeing him on campus at, yeah. uh, on college hill and actually had a conversation with him outside of gateway where he was staying and a really down-to-earth guy and it's crazy to see him still on this football program you know and, and still making an impact because he was making an impact freshman year i remember you know him being a starter and had a, i think he had an interception against temple at home that year and i was like man that guy he, he lives in gateway i don't and know he, if he knew what was happening but he always seemed to be around the ball either making a tackle right. picking it off recovering a fumble yeah instincts you know and and boy he's you know aaron ramsour is still here and is i think his issue the last few years has been health. injury yeah Just uh, trying he had to... an acl tear yeah uh, a couple years ago in 2019 and uh yeah so he's he's been hit with the injury bug over the years so and that will put you you know in the program longer and uh and with the COVID year as well so um yeah but it's great to have him back he's a hard-working kid and and i think that tr- the being all over the field is a trend uh, in that linebacking room with Bruce Bivens and uh, Xavier Smith. To be able to use him as a starter, cool. As a backup, great. But, I mean, as a special teams demon. I mean, you can do a lot of things with a guy like Aaron Ramsour. And Mike Houston talked about him, uh, you know, being able to uh, participate in fall camp and, and play this fall. I'm really pleased with the linebacker core, period. Um, you know, I think Bruce Miles and Aaron, all three older guys, experienced guys. You know, they're, they're, that would, that's what gives us the flexibility with Xavier. I think Taylor Jackson uh, is coming along, but uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron has you know instincts and has that that quick twitch that you just you can't really coach that stuff. You know, so it's been good to have him out there to get the reps and be prepared. And you know, it was it was tough when we lost him. You know, our first year there in the middle of the year, he was just starting to play well. And so I hope that just having a good preseason, you know, will enable him to have a fast start to the regular season. Great to uh, and man, knock on wood, ECU. Should I even say it? They're no. healthy. They're healthy. No, 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 I, 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 I said I, I, it. I, 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 I already said it. Knock on wood. They're healthy you, you right now. You did knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, so leading up to this uh, this opening game against uh, Appalachian State uh all good right now unfortunately there are still more practices and the guys have to walk and leave their rooms and can't stay in a bubble so things can happen but uh, as of right now pirates looking good fresh ready to go for appalachian state which we are good grief 15 uh, 15 because tomorrow is two weeks away clip brock that is nuts season open 7 30 kickoff which means we'll be here with you 3 30 on that Thursday, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, four hours of pregame coverage taking you up to kickoff between Appalachian State and East Carolina. All right, let's uh, take a timeout. We'll uh, hear more. We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick later on the show. Also got some Jeremy Lewis, C.J. Johnson, John Young to get to during today's program. And we'll talk some Pirate football when we return with the voice, Jeff Charles. He joins us on the other side. We're back with you on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live after this. 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Got damage? Damage from wood rot? Fixed. Damage from smoke or fire? Fixed. Damage caused by water? Fixed. If you got damage, use a contractor that works for you and not your insurance insurance company visit fixednc.com today or call 999-0001 that's three nines three zeros and a one fixed nc restore renew maintain now let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host flip rock coming up later on in today's program more ecu football audio for you fresh off the presses we'll hear from jeremy lewis as the now defensive end for east carolina talk to the media after practice today also more from cj johnson east carolina wide receiver and punters are people too john young spoke today to the press so we will hear that also donnie kirkpatrick bryce williams former position coach uh we'll hear from donnie k when bryce williams is here so we'll talk some pirate offense in hour three with uh bryce williams and hear from donnie kirkpatrick right now we will head out to the fixed nc live line and visit with the voice jeff charles who joins us on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live jeff how you doing today Cliff, i'm doing great we're only what two weeks and one day away from the start of the football season at ecu hard to believe but we are certainly counting down the hours now uh, as east carolina begins their season against Appalachian State. It's a big Saturday, Jeff, for uh, a lot of different people because it's Meet the Pirates, it's Media Day, it's uh, the second spring scrimmage. There's a equipment sale going on, so uh, we'll have a lot of excitement here in a couple weeks, but uh, folks will be fired up for this Saturday as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm uh, looking forward to attending and seeing the scrimmage and seeing a lot of Pirate fans out there on Saturday. It's always a big day when we have Meet the Pirates. It goes back many many years as you're probably aware clip and uh, there have been some great times and oftentimes that event has been held in the evening hours and a lot of the families come out i know it's going to be a little bit different this year but people are going to see the pirates uh, in action on on saturday morning so that's going to be a lot of fun so bring the kids and bring the family and all your friends and come on out it's going to be great to get back out there together as a pirate family again and it all starts on saturday Hey, going to be great to have Jeff Charles back in the East, uh, leaving your uh, Midwest location, Jeff. Uh, are you excited to uh, to get back here uh, to the eastern part of the country? Yeah, I really am, Cliff. Uh, it's just time to get back to doing what we love to do, and I'm really excited about this football season and excited about the basketball season coming up as well. So, yeah, we're uh, pumped up and ready to go for another year. Jeff, we've been following practice day in, day out, and it sounded like the defense won scrimmage number one uh, last weekend. You know how these things go, though. They tend to flip-flop. We'll probably see the offense uh, put together a better performance this Saturday than they did last week. But when when you hear things like, Jeff, does that surprise you at all that the defense wins uh, scrimmage number one during the fall camp? Not really, Clip, because that's usually what does happen. I know we say this all the time, and people talk about it, that the defense is usually ahead of the offense early on. Yeah, I think that's probably what the case is. I think the offense will come out and play better on a Saturday. But uh, let's face it, East Carolina's got some good players over on the defensive side. I know we talked about it last week. This defense has to improve, and they have more depth this year. They have to stay healthy. 
So let's see what happens. I would expect the offense, though, to come out and play better on a Saturday, and I'm looking forward to, to watching Holt Naylor's and watching the battle for the number two quarterback position, which is one of the storylines so far this year. And the two talented running backs that East Carolina has, I'm really looking forward to seeing Rajay Harris and Keith Mitchell and then some, some newcomers who are vying for playing time as well. And uh, Shane Calhoun, by all accounts, has had a really good yeah. camp. And he could be a guy that could be a star at the tight end position. And Ryan Jones is there as well, and Zach Bird. And so they've got some depth now at that tight end position and some more depth up front on the offensive line. And, of course, uh, at the receiver position, they've got three guys back who played a lot last year and are all-conference-type uh, players. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons, Clip, to be excited about the start of this football season. And, of course, you're jumping into the fire playing against a very good Appalachian State team and then playing an SEC team in Game 2. But, you know, you, you really are going to find out, I think, pretty quick uh, if the Pirates are improved when they, they play these first two or three games. Jeff, uh, Holden Aylers has played a lot of football, taking a lot of snaps behind center here at East Carolina. And uh, we've heard in the offseason, and we've seen him, uh, of course, that uh, he has trimmed down uh, to be able to run a little bit better um, and also has improved on other parts of his game. What, what do you think he needs to do to take the next step here in 2021? You've seen him play well. You've seen him also struggle at times. What can he do to, to put together a uh, solid 2021, Jeff? Well, I think Holton just needs to be Holton, and we all know he has a great work ethic. He's a great leader, and I just think the maturity and the experience that he is gaining will continue to make him a better football player. And quarterbacks can only, as you well know, Clip, be as good as the offensive line and also the guys around them. And so you have to surround Holton with a good running attack and also good receivers, and certainly where it all starts up front of the offensive line. We've all got our fingers crossed that this offensive line is going to be better this year and deeper this year than what it's been as well. So I think if Holton's got the quality players around him, you'll just see his play improve. I know his accuracy was better last year. Uh, you'd like a quarterback's accuracy to be around 65 to 68% if possible. And I know Holton is knocking on the door right at 61% from last year. And so... He's, uh, he's getting better, and uh, again, last year, because of the lack of depth at quarterback, I don't think they wanted him to run that much, but hey, when Holt Naylor's is healthy and they turn him loose, we all know he's a very, very good runner, and I've watched a lot of practices and a lot of games with Holton over the years, and I've seen him run away from defensive backs as a 6'4", 232-pound quarterback, so he, he can run. We all know that. So I hope that uh, this year maybe they open things up for him a little bit more and, and he can he can run the football and just add another dimension to this offense. Looking forward to the start of Pirate football season. We'll visit with The Voice uh, before the uh, kickoff on September 2nd on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Four hours of pregame coverage that'll take you right up to the 7.30 kickoff. And we'll be with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, taking your calls after East Carolina and Appalachian State. Jeff, uh, while you're in that part of the, the uh, country, I want to ask you about Michigan. And the preseason rankings have come out. And you've got the Wolverines outside the top 25. If you go by the others receiving votes, they're outside the top 30. And it's one thing to lose to Ohio State like uh, Jim Bar Harbaugh has done, but it's another thing to be out of the top 25 completely. 
and to uh to just not be one of the top four five six programs in your own conference there in the big 10 so what's the talk around there about michigan football heading into this season well cliff it's another thing too to lose to michigan state <laughs> yeah. lost to michigan state last year with the first year head coach in mel tucker and harbaugh has been there a few years as we know I think the feeling here is one that you could probably imagine among Michigan fans, and I do run into a lot of Michigan fans, is that Harbaugh's on the hot seat and he needs to do better this year to keep his job. I don't think that's any big secret to anyone. So we'll see if they're going to be better. It's amazing, and you and I talked about this clip about recruiting and how recruiting classes are ranked. Well, if you go back over the last few years, Michigan, and they do recruit nationally, Michigan is a national brand. I mean, they get players from California and everywhere else, and their recruiting classes are usually some of the top recruiting classes in the country. But when you look at what's happened on the field the last few years, it really hasn't translated to them having a whole lot of success. So I don't really know the reason for that. There just seems to be something lacking with the program. And this is a big year for Jim Harbaugh. This is a big year for Michigan football. I think Michigan State, as we're talking about, the teams in, in this state, they're still pretty much in a rebuilding mode. What's really interesting is that uh, Russo, who was the quarterback at Temple, is vying for the starting position at Michigan State as the starting quarterback. And I know a lot of fans uh, of the Pirates remember Anthony Russo when he played against ECU and he played at Temple. Hmm. And I always thought he was a good quarterback. Yeah. Well, he's, he's transferred to Michigan State, and he's in a battle for the number one quarterback position. They're still in camp, and they have not named a starter as of yet but they're still kind of in a rebuild mode with a second year head coach the, the team in this neck of the woods that is supposed to be really good this year clip and possibly a top 25 team in the mac is toledo toledo is supposed to be loaded this year especially defensively and they've had a great program for years but they're expecting to have one of their best teams that they have had in a long long time and they are the pick to win the MAC this year, and they are the pick to be a top 25 team. And as you well know, just about every year the MAC has one team that is either knocking on the top 25 or is a top 25 team. Western Michigan had that great run mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago, and you go back down through the years and see the other teams in that league. Northern that Illinois had a great run. Had a yes, great run. I was about yeah. to say. Northern Illinois. Ohio U has been really solid. Now, Frankie Solich has retired at Ohio U, so they've got a new coach there. Kent State's supposed to be pretty good this year, and they, they have struggled. And Central Michigan will be pretty good this year, I think, too. So, you know, there's a lot of good football up here, and there's a lot of great high school football. We like to talk about our high school football in North Carolina. In uh, this state, there's a lot of great high school football, especially in the Detroit area. And Valley Sports, which is the regional sports cable here, uh, just announced last night, as a matter of fact, that they are going to do a Friday night high school football game of the week on Valley Sports, which goes all over the state of Michigan, which I think is a pretty cool thing. And they've been pumping up a doubleheader that they're going to have uh, the first night of college football or uh, high school football coming up uh, next week. I think it's really neat that you're going to see a regional sports cable take that much interest in high school football and actually yeah. televise a high school game of the week on a statewide network. 
Kicking things off this Friday here in North Carolina, Jeff. We'll have D.H. Conley football on the airwaves coming up Friday night right here on Pirate Radio as they begin their fall season after a short offseason. They already had a spring season uh, in 2021. Now the regular fall season coming up for area high schools. Jeff, uh, let's talk some uh, some baseball before we let you go. If the playoffs started today, I love that phrase. My Atlanta Braves would be in because they are the hottest team in baseball right now, Jeff. And I knew the Mets would collapse. I didn't know the Phillies would collapse as quickly as they did. Uh, but the Mets have lost five straight Phillies, lost to the Diamondbacks last night. So the Braves, who were looking up at these teams for the entire season, now have a, a bit of a cushion, two-and-a-half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. I know you do your sports updates, Bray. Uh, Jeff, you've been talking about a lot of Braves wins here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the Braves have been crushing it, haven't they, Cliff? And I, I like the offense. Uh, Adam Duvall, the former Cincinnati Red, is having a big year with the Braves. I think it was – Number 27 he hit last night. Freddie Freeman hit number 26. So they've got some real power in that lineup, and they have good pitching. And they have just gotten hot at the right time. Now they're hoping that they can hold up for another six weeks and they can uh, win the division. The Reds are in a position to get a wild card spot. Last time I looked, they were, you know, knocking on the door just about two or three games out of that final wild card spot. Game and a half back, Jeff. Uh, Game and a half behind the Padres. Yeah. Well, they've had a really good uh, last six weeks or so, too, kind of like the Braves. So they're playing very well. And, uh, you know, the the other teams in, in Major League Baseball, of course, that you always talk about that are having good seasons, the, the Yankees seem to be coming back a little bit now. They've had a lot of injuries this year. We'll see uh, what they can do. Uh, Rizzo's supposed to be back. He's had COVID issues. And they picked him up, of course. And usually this time of the year, Clippers, you know, talk about the Cubs. But they are now in a rebuilding situation, a number of games under 500. So they are struggling right now. So it'll be fun to watch the last six weeks of the season. And still, uh, the Mickey watch is going on. Miguel <laughs> Cabrera, I think it's now 16 or 17 at bat since he hit number 499. And uh, he has not hit number 500 yet. Uh, it'll come. He'll get it. But uh, people are getting a little antsy for Mickey to finally get number 500. I'll tell you what, the opposing pitchers don't want to be the guy that gives up home run number 500 to Miguel Cabrera, and he's not getting anything to hit. He was walked a couple times last night, and those pitches weren't even close. So it'll happen, like I say, at at, at some point, and he'll get number 500. He's had a wonderful career, and he's also knocking on the door of 3,000 hits, too. Yeah, Cabrera's going to make history, and then that pitcher will be on the wrong side of history. You bring up a good point, Jeff. They don't want to groove that fastball and and be the one. So uh, so there you go. Jeff Charles joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Jeff, uh, excited to, to see you back here in the Pirate Radio studio soon, and uh, uh, excited uh, to hear you on the broadcast with Kevin Monroe. We need to talk to Kevin Monroe. I hadn't talked to him this summer uh, to talk some Pirate football as we are getting closer and closer. It's a, it's a great time of the year, Jeff. Everybody's 0-0, and... Uh, has expectations that their team's going to win it all. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. Hey, everybody's undefeated at this date, as we know, Clip. And, again, I, I do sense that East Carolina fans are excited about the start of the season. They feel like, and I think rightly so, that Coach Houston is making some strides and rebuilding the program. And we're all excited to uh, start the season and excited for that first game uh, at Apple against Appalachian State in Charlotte. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. We'll uh, check in with you again next Wednesday here on Pirate Radio Live. Okay, Clip, see you soon.
There is the voice, Jeff Charles. Looking forward to getting him back in the Pirate Radio studios soon as he begins another year of calling Pirate football and uh, being part of the Pirate Radio team. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for hour number two where we'll talk a lot more Pirate football, hear from some of the Pirate players, Jeremy Lewis, C.J. Johnson, and John Young. Also, Mully going to join us during... Hour number two as well. Bryce Williams on tap for hour three. We got a giveaway. We got some Donnie Kirkpatrick. We got the big dog, Chandler Honeycutt, and myself. A lot to go on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. More coming your way after this. Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make the day an AJ's day. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, looking forward to a fun night of sports trivia. Tonight at 8 o'clock, we'll have the MLB games on TV. Is there still summer league basketball going on? I no, the uh, Kings won. Kings won the summer the league. The Davion... Mitchell guys, uh, I believe was MVP. So did, from uh, Baylor. Did they do? Uh, did they still do the tournament? Tournament? I think there was some sort of tournament. Yeah, there was a championship. Okay. Yeah. I just saw the uh, the Hornets were tweeting things like "Summer is almost over." Like when they were updating their last game, yeah, they were right, getting right. beat. Um, so anyway, all right. Well, we'll have MLB on tonight. Anything else going on? I don't, not, not that I know of, but since you bring up the Hornets and you're wearing a Hornets hat. Hornets, 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 Hornets. Leangelo Ball averaged 17.6 points this summer league season. Brother of LaMelo. Is that uh, eyebrow raising to some? What is it? What does it translate <laughs> to, though, in the league? Like well, first of five all, points? It, it, no, first of all, is he going to be on the roster? That's the question. Is, what's the answer? is that good enough to make the regular season roster D- is there a need for what he does what does he do i didn't watch any he can of shoot better than shoot. than the uh martin twins well they're gone right at least one of them's yeah. gone so that to me is a plus if you plug him into I'm that pretty small sure spot. i just thought about this but i believe the martin twins have been split for the first time in their cal in their basketball careers i saw the martin twins at clark leclair stadium when on a visit jeff for- lebeau was uh recruiting them this. and uh had him at a baseball game and they ended up going to nevada Nevada. yeah yeah who actually joined another wolf pack a good basketball team yeah um all right well there's that um i want to get to some news and notes this came out today this from wcnc uh the carolina panthers have made 
a decision on masks and guidelines when it comes to Bank of America Stadium. The Panthers announcing yesterday that guests and staff must wear a mask at indoor spaces at Bank of America Stadium. Masks are required uh, on the indoor concourses on the 300 and 400 levels, and this means that that will affect the upcoming college football games. Uh, The Dukes Mayo Bowl Classic, whatever they're calling it, with Clemson and Georgia on Saturday night, but more important to us, East Carolina and Appalachian State on Thursday, September 2nd. Uh, The Panthers say that masks will be available at the stadium interest points. Uh, If you do not have one, they're uh, encouraging guests who are not fully vaccinated to wear a mask in all areas. So just as encouraging, I guess not a guideline, but that is... uh, the guidelines set by the the Panthers Bank of America Stadium the the guidelines do not place restrictions on capacity so uh still should be a good crowd for that opening game and you're starting to see different NFL teams and stadiums you know go their different ways they go what Baltimore says they're going to I believe wear have to wear a mask at their stadium the Raiders are saying you do not have to wear a mask but you do have to have proof that you are vaccinated to enter the stadium to go to a game so everybody's uh coming out with their guidelines now as this is still a thing um so there you go i will you know but i you know if you're outdoors watching the game at the stadium you don't have to wear your mask at bank of america stadium i don't know i i don't know (laughs) i don't wait are you telling me I'm you just, don't like talking about things like this <laughs> just i'm tired i of it, love man. it I'm tired is, is of the concourse is the concourse indoors yes technically right, masks so, are required on the indoor concourses on the 300 and 400 levels okay so in your but once you like enter the tunnel where you're seeing and you're in field, open air yeah you can take it off i guess so yeah but you gotta get you gotta use the bathroom gotta get yeah. to the concession stand yeah whip that mask on yeah Wow. whip it home <laughs> there you go that's uh that's coming down it seems from, pretty simple just i mean yeah. you know what i'm gonna do just not go to panthers <laughs> i will be uh here yeah on that thursday <laughs> night inside the pirate radio so studios will I. are you going to any panthers games this year chan man i don't know man i've talked to tony dunn about going to some um, <laughs> what did he say yeah he said homie <laughs> he said the thing it is homie that we're going to the Tampa Bay game. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to play this back on Friday <laughs> when Tony's here. You got you. In fact, Chandler, you do uh, a lot of voices. You do it quite well. But it, this has been months now. But you were like, I can't do a good Tony Dunn. Nah, but I you've been kind of working on it. Like, if you have some sort of like unique voice or any kind of like, it, it's the phrasing, body, any kind of body language. I try to like pick up on that. And Tony has like a unique voice, you know. Well, he's and it a, also is that he says is that is he does is he says, that is, he says that a lot. <laughs> and uh, but Sorry. I mean, yeah, I picked up on that, and he does say homie a lot. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so Tony that, Dunn coming back on Friday. He just got back from Cancun. Yeah, we'll be uh, talking to Tony. Who uh, remember last? Yeah, I was going to say last, last year, year he brought COVID to the United States. He went to Spain in the middle of. The, I want to say Italy. Same thing. He went to Whoa. Italy in the middle of the uh, the worst. Yeah, and then came right back here to Pirate Radio Studios. So now he's been down in Mexico. 
so we'll see what he brings with him uh, this time. Right off the plane, right into the studio. <laughs> yeah, no, just like we did it last time. No, uh, no stoppage, no quarantine, no checks, no, no nothing. nothing. Yeah, just right in here. All right. Um, how the hell have the Braves gone from well, Acuna's hurt, Ozuna did his mess, Soroka's hurt, his mess, Soroka's out. Uh, you know, Ian Anderson are hurt this year. We're just going to punt this year. We'll be back next year. Travis Darno was hurt. They went from that to they're about to run away with the freaking division. They're Twenty intense since the All Star break. They're up two and a half games now. Phillies lost to the, the lowly Diamondbacks last night. Uh, the Mets are an absolute mess. I, I keep seeing like tweets about um, Degrom pitching to Lindor like in a simulated scrimmage or something. I, well, that's great, but. You got like a month and a half left. You need you to be shut. with the big league team trying to win games. You got to shut him down for the rest of the year. I don't understand why you wouldn't. I mean, it's like just a, to protect your asset. It's a Strasburg situation with him, where like he's got it, but seems like he or Cindergar. I mean, they just always have. Maybe they have a uh, quack doctor though, because you've got the situation with Degrom, and that, and then you had the situation with Rocker. I wonder where that phrase began. I love it where you call a doctor a quack. Yeah, I don't know. That's like, I, I like that wording, but I don't know where that came from. That guy's a quack. It's cool. It's fun to say. <laughs> Maybe he is a quack, though. Maybe he doesn't know elbows. Because Rocker, to me, looked pretty good last time I saw him. Yeah, and now he is going to, what, play independent league baseball for a year and is go he? back into the draft? Is he going to do anything? I thought he was just going back into the draft. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play baseball or try to do something. I don't yeah, know. I guess to keep it up uh but you know he's uh he's, he's not, not going, going back, back to vandy yeah, yeah correct all right he will not be a vandy boy moving forward let's uh take a time out we'll come back we'll talk pirate football here from what do we got we got a defensive end a wide receiver and a punter punters are people too we're here from jeremy lewis cj johnson john young talk pirate football and more when we return on pirate radio live here on a wednesday back with you after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Villa Verde on 10th Street and Villa Verde Dose by the Hospital are open for you, serving unique and healthy dishes from the Dominican Republic. Order online at myvillaverde.com or the Villa Verde app. Order a family meal that feeds six to seven people and they will have it ready for curbside pickup today. Whether it's dining or takeout, Villa Verde is a platform for good. Now, let's head back into the Pirate Alive. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, Chandler Honeycutt in the audio production seat. Glenn Griffin, the video production seat. I am in this particular seat. Bryce Williams will be in the seat right beside me coming up in about an hour from now. Uh, we will talk to Mike Mullis in just a little bit. We will talk to uh, hear from some ECU football players right now. 
Glenn Griffin, uh, Jenny Shelton, they've been doing a great job out at ECU practices, scrimmages uh, this fall camp. And Glenn, uh, before we get to the three young men we heard from today, Jeremy Lewis, C.J. Johnson, John Young, I'm going to say if I had to talk to one guy on the team on this 2021 ECU football team, who gets the Zeke Bigger Award? I would go with Xavier Smith as of right now. That would be my choice. A lot of personality, good answers, thoughtful. He's probably my number one draft pick. If I'm looking for both information and entertainment. Correct. He's got them both. I was going to ask you, you've been around more of the players than I have at this point. Who is, uh, who's up there with Xavier so far this season? I mean, I think CJ's kind of came out of his shell a little bit. Good and call. spoken more. Yep. I really liked his story that he told on, on pi- Monday on yeah. Pirate Radio Live when Troy asked him to just talk talk about himself a little bit when he talked about his background and where he came from. I thought that was really enlightening and kind of a different perspective to give. Um, I'm excited about having Rajay Harrison here. Yeah, I think that's a guy that doesn't really talk a lot that probably has some things to say, you know, about his perspective on the game. Uh, Bruce, I look forward to Bruce on a Monday after a game. Yeah, he's uh, and and he even said this too. I think that like people look at him and think he's like serious, one hundred percent all the time. Yeah. But you get him with Xavier, you get him around his teammates. He'll goof off, he'll laugh, but he does carry himself with a very serious middle linebacker demeanor. Sure. You know, like he, he looks like a middle linebacker. He's got kind of the stoic personality, but. The more he's around here, uh, we get to see him come out of his shell a little bit and, and probably act the way he does behind closed doors with his teammates. You sure. know what I mean? And DJ Ford's a pro. Yeah, he's very polished, uh, it yeah. seems. Very Crypto mature. Crypto investor slash photographer slash digital do-it-all. Having him and holding it. Safety. The, yeah, him, him and holding at the same time, it's like just having two adults in the room, basically. Yeah, right. this is not college kids <laughs> at all. Pretty much. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's start with C.J. Johnson, who spoke with the media earlier today following ECU's Wednesday practice. Here is how that sounded. C.J., we were just talking to Coach Houston. He, he thinks this is your best preseason you put together. Do you, do you agree with that? How do you think it's going? Oh, man, I, I think I think I, like, I put in the work over summer. And I feel like our team as a as a whole put in the work over the summer to come into fall camp and dominate it. He also mentioned at this point in camp, it, you know, you kind of feel the season's close and that type of thing. It, you kind of have to grind through it a little bit. What is that like, especially middle of the week, you know, today? Well, I mean, it's always a grind in football. You, football is year-round. We play 12 games a year, but we're preparing for those 12 games all year-round. Fall camp is yeah that's that's important, but we we look at the first game. We take one game at a time. Well, was this, this was your first summer camp that you actually gone through full, correct? Yes, ma'am. How would you think that you've developed most through that camp? Oh man, I I feel like I've just learned so many life lessons from football, just like from the off season, like from taking care how important it is to taking care of your body to how important it is to performing on the field, and most importantly performing as a team as a whole as a one like as one unit because like i say championship teams are led by the players not the coaches seems like you're obviously leaner this year what are you weighing now and how much has that helped you uh i'm i'm at a solid 217 right now uh last year around this time it, like we came back from quarantine i was 236 lost 20 pounds in a year so feeling slim and trim <laughs> so what's, it, what's that it, do for you 
Oh man, it, it's, I, I feel better on the field. Like I can move better, move faster. A lot of attention is going to, to Rajay and Keaton, kind of that running back combo. What do y'all feel as receivers working with them, the potential of this offense? Oh man, this, this, the potential this offense could have is through the roof. We have so we have so many weapons. We have Tyler Snead. We have Adiyama Tosha. We have Rajay Harris, Keaton Mitchell. We got even our backups like Tyler Savage. You got um, Andre Pagese. Like everybody, everybody on offense make plays. Does that feel different? I guess from the last year or two. I mean, is there more kind of just excitement you think around it? Or I mean, I don't. I don't think it was any difference in the years. Like we've always had talent. We just never exposed that talent. We never reach our full potential and I feel like ourselves that was our fault like we were holding ourselves back it was it was never an opponent that was better than us like how do you feel about the chemistry between the wide receiving core and, and Holton is right now oh man we just just over the summer with all the skill development work and everything like uh, the receivers have built a good connection with Holton. Like he, like he don't, he don't just have a connection with me. He has a connection with all of them. Like he, he grabs all of them to the side and talks to them the same way he talks to me. Like there's no putting me above anybody. Like we all have, we all have connections with him. We all have to make plays. You played together in high school, correct? Yes, we're going on six years together. Six years together. Yes, sir. And how how much has you guys kind of grown together and, and pushed each other? Oh man. It, the way the way he pushes me at practice, like getting rid of all my bad habits and stuff, and like and like the ways I push him at practice, like we just make each other better. We feed off each other. When but when one of us have energy, we feed off of it. What's your relationship like with the secondary at this point in camp? Um, they get they like they like to get they get like to get a little feisty at practice, but at the end of the day, when we come in the locker room, we're a brotherhood. On Saturdays, we're all gonna be in the same jersey. So I mean, we iron sharpens iron. Jaquan McMillan, he's pretty much an all-conference corner. So, like, what are those battles like when you're going? Against oh him? man, I tell I tell people all the time. I fa- I face the best defense every week, so that means that that makes the games easy. Like, if I if I'm if I'm battling a all-conference um, cornerback every week, I feel like I could beat anybody. <laughs> What's the toughest thing to deal with with him? I mean, you're obviously a bigger guy. Oh man, can... it's just we we match up with each other so much. Like, I know his move, he knows my move, so it's like. You got to throw in a, a curveball every now and then. What about in practice, Coach used to mention the music is for y'all to have fun, obviously, but also the crowd factor. You know, how does that kind of work? I know y'all like to dance and enjoy it, but there, there's some teaching moments in that. Yeah, and in, in practice, like the music, yeah, like boys like to dance to it, but we, we usually dance to it when we're not 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 running a rep. But it, it's all to simulate the noise. Like like um, when we're getting the plays from the sideline, it's signaled. It's signaled in like. We can't hear them call to play, so like we we all have to look at the signals. So like the music is there for that reason, like just to just assimilate the crowd and like this is what it's going to sound like on game day. Yeah. Like it's just not going to be music, but it's going to be cheering. But yeah. like you're you're not going to be able to hear anything, no outside noise. You've heard Dowdy packed Dowdy packed fifty thousand. How excited are you about that? Oh man, I can't wait. Let me count this boom, man. There is C.J. Johnson, ECU wide receiver, speaking to the media today. And, uh, Glenn, that was a good call when I asked who is up there with Xavier Smith for best interview because he would not be on my list. 
prior to this offseason. No, prior to the past two weeks. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, he has uh, come out of his shell and uh, is very open and honest with his answers now, and it's awesome. And uh, I hope that translates to a, a good year for him from CJ. People you talk to say he's got all the tools. We've seen it on the field. Is the uh, is the want to there, and it sure does seem like it is for CJ this year. We've talked about his maturity and yeah. talked about how he's growing as a person, you know. And we saw last year he had some maturity issues, and I think that's what we're seeing right now is the improvement in those maturity issues. And so I think we're seeing that in these press conferences, we're seeing that on in the, on Mondays in the players' lounge, and uh, hopefully that transitions on the, to the field as well. All right, never easy for a player to to go through position changes uh, in college, and it, it does stunt their growth as an individual player. They do it, obviously, because the coach tells them to and to help the team in any way they can. Jeremy Lewis was a great two-way player at South Central High School, and now he will be focusing on the defensive side of the ball after going to the offensive side of the ball to try to help out in a depleted tight end room uh, let's uh, hear from Jeremy today as he spoke with the media after practice. Jeremy, uh, you're obviously playing defense now, and that's kind of what you were initially recruited to do. So how good is it to be back on that side of the ball? It's, it's amazing. It's just, everything's feel natural. You know, like I was learning when I was playing offense, and now when I switched over to defense, a lot of stuff was like natural. Like, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I was more used to running out the ball and not like short and quick and choppy steps, learning how to block. So it, it felt good. It felt natural. And I feel like I'm in my right state of mind now. Does your knowledge of offense a couple of years, does that help you at all? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Certain formations and, well, <laughs> it's really for our offense. I had to cover up my ears sometimes because I know what's coming. But certain formations, doubles, trips, tight end, personnel, you know what's coming. You can alert. We got different alerts, alert pass, alert run. So it helps out and it helps my team out a lot. How will these scrimmages kind of help you? I know you had an interception Saturday as well. I mean, does it feel like a game, especially for you, when you're kind of bracing for a big role? In this oh, game? yeah, most definitely. Like when I'm, when I'm in a scrimmage, this is like my first real back to defense since I was in high school, first action, first, like live contact. So it helps me a lot. It helps me get in the groove, like get some of the jitters out. Okay, now first scrimmage, I realized, oh, snap, I'm back on defense now. So. I mean, I, first scrimmage, I got all those jitters out, but now I feel like I'm back to normal. It's, I'm good. Your excitement level has to be really high coming into this situation. Now you're back on defense. Um, talk about how you feel and, you know, the anticipation of this season not far away. Uh, I mean, it's bit. right around the corner. We just got to lock in, you know. Like, you don't I don't have that many years left here, so every, every play, every snap, every down matters now. I mean, September 2nd is right around the corner. So we just approaching it as we would approach any other game. The next game is the most important game. So I'm just ready, ready to play. What's been the toughest part transitioning to defense? Mm, the toughest part, probably the playbook. Yeah. Probably the playbook. You got you got different assignments that you have to do for each play. Whereas on offense, you go out and do your assignment. So like I got to do a lot of reaction, a lot of. If he blocks me this way, I have to do this. If he blocks that way, I got to do this. When on offense, I was just, bam, you kick him out, you kick him out. You run this route, you run this route. So, mainly the playbook. You go against probably Bailey Malvick a lot in practice and some of those offensive tackles. What, what are those battles like in the trenches when you're trying to use your hands? Nah, this is good. Bailey got real strong hands, so trying to get his hands off you, that's one of the pluses. Uh, Noah Henderson, he got good feet. So, it's like he he's patient with his hands. He uses his feet a lot, so you got to – you got to be smart when you're going up against those guys. Those guys are pretty good. So, 
I love getting in that competition, especially during one-on-ones. Yeah, I see, like, you know, one of the walk-ons or somebody lower in the depth chart step up. I, hey, Noah, can I get a rep real quick? And we'll step up, compete, dap it up, and then just go about our day. As a veteran player, and you've been here a few years, what would you say the biggest change is from when you started and when you got here for this upcoming? Almost definitely the locker room and the environment. Coach Houston has switched things around a lot. Uh, like, my brother actually played here before I got here, so I was able to see things that happened, and he was able to tell me things that happened that would not fly with Coach Houston. So it's really big on the locker room, the environment, the brotherhood that we got here now. All right, Jeremy Lewis, great to hear from that young man from Winterville South Central High School and should be making an impact on the defensive side of the ball this season. All right, for the first time this offseason, I believe, let's hear from a punter. Yeah! John Young. I like to call him that because that second N in John makes me want to say Young for his uh, last name. John Young. John Young. uh, He's a part of this veteran group. Every time his name comes up, people who know him, know the Pirates, say, does he still have the mustache? Well, Glenn, uh, he's got a stash, but he's also got a full beard around the stash, correct? Yeah, he's got a, a full face, a full face of hair now. Because he used to go with the um, he had the curly he had stash. The, he had the western mustache. Western. It was a western. Western, a little, a little western on a Saturday. Uh, but John Young now has the full facial hair going. We'll see how that translates on the field with his punting. Here's John Young after today's practice. Uh, John, just a few weeks into preseason camp, how do you think this this thing has gone this far? Uh, I think it's gone really well. This is. Uh, Probably been my best camp overall. Um, I think our special teams is looking really good with Coach Dallas. Um, we got a big emphasis on punt because, you know, Coach Houston loves his punt team. Um, so, you know, that, that adds a little pressure for us punters to do well, but we need it, you know. Um, but I think the team looks really good overall. Is it scary when he's sitting back there with a stopwatch behind you when you're going? Um, when I was a freshman, yes. Now, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be like, oh, you're not scared of me? But no, I mean, I'm used to it now. You get used to it. How are the younger guys doing with it? Um, they're doing well. Uh, younger guys were just really focusing on their op times. So what, what's been your big emphasis over the offseason and coming into this fall to try to, to, uh, you know, to improve on good performance already? Um, my biggest thing is I wanted, I wanted to work on my hang time this offseason. Um, and I was just outside with my kicking coach, Dan Orner. We brought him in here, and um, I've worked with him since I was a freshman in high school. Um, I really trust him with all my punting and kicking abilities. So we had him in here today, and that's why I was a little late to getting you guys. Um, but my biggest thing this offseason with him was working on my hang time, and I think I've improved my hang time a lot. Do you still work with the – as a holder, you know, with the field goal kickers, and it's a little different with Verity not here. There's kind of three of them battling a little bit. I mean, what's your perspective on how that, that competition is going? Um, you're right. It is different with, with Jake not being here. That was, that was my best friend because yeah. we've been together for three years and stuff. But I'm happy for him doing well in the NFL. Um, the young guys, it's, it's definitely different because each kicker likes their holds a little bit different. Um, some guys like them straight up and down. Some guys like a little bit lean to the right. Some of them like it forward. So I just have to remind myself each time, you know, which kicker's up. Um, but, you know, Daffer's smacking the ball right now. Carson's really hitting a clean ball. And, you know, Lathis hitting his high 
his high balls that he always does. And, you know, it's, it's coming down to the wire. You know, they're, they're all kind of up there. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I guess this, you know, I know you don't get to make a decision on who kicks, but it's a good problem to have three good kickers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love it, especially Coach Stouse. Coach Stouse loves the competition, and uh, not, not only just for, for kicking, but for snapping also with Liam, Liam slinging them back there, and Slade, uh, he also zips it back there pretty fast. So we got competition all around. You're obviously back with the, the COVID year, and in a normal situation, you wouldn't be back. So what does this extra year mean to you? Um, I think last year definitely put it in perspective for a lot of the stuff that I've taken for granted. Um, you know, with that COVID year last year, I was, it kind of made me think, wow, this is almost over. So I'm taking every day, and Coach Dows and Coach Houston always talk about it, you know, every day is a new day, and um, sometimes I think we take it for granted, and sometimes it's good, you know, af after a long day at the facility, I go back home and just reflect on how the day was, and, you know, everybody says that you miss, you know, the conversations in the locker room and all that, so I'm really just trying to you know, think about those times. John Young, uh, very uh, good thoughts there. At the end, uh, trying to, what did they say uh, on The Office? And it's a famous phrase that you never know you're experiencing the good old days until it's too late. Something to that effect. We're in the good old days right now, guys. You just don't realize it yet. Think about that, Chandler. That's the second thing today you've told me to think about. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot. Don't to, give me too much to think about. <laughs> I'm giving you a lot to think about today. Glenn, uh, you picked a hell of a day to run video production because I'm looking at an ESPN article, and it's called – wait, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? It's called, w, it's called Top Ten Wrestlers Who Played Pro Football. What what wrestler wrote this article? That's what my shock is right now, that I realized he wrote it. What wrestler? <laughs> Currently on a roster? Okay, I, maybe. I remember him, WCW. He was also in WWE. I watched him more, I think, in WCW in the late 90s. Late 90s? I, I, I'll give it away. God bless. He's famous for... Um, one of his most famous clips is hitting Beetlejuice with a guitar. Uh, Jeff Jarrett wrote it? <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's writing for ESPN? Jeff Jarrett, ESPN's Double J? newest writer. <laughs> uh, he's got the article. So number one on the list, I believe he was drafted by the Panthers in the expansion draft, right? Didn't we talk about this recently? Is, is this the Goldberg? Bill Goldberg, right. uh, number one on the list. More famous for playing for the Falcons. Number two. He played uh, for the Edmonton Eskimos, now known as the... Do y'all know what the Eskimos are called now? In the Edmonton CFL? Eskimos. The Edmonton Elks. Uh -huh. They changed their name. Uh, Joe Anoa, Anoa... Joe Anoa, also known as the Big Dog. <laughs> Roman the Ray. Big Dog. Is number two. I gotta say, he fills out a uniform pretty good, Glenn. He oh, looks wow. the part. He looks good. Of course, seeing him like this now, it almost looks like he's in a movie wearing a football uniform. It's, but that was his him face has definitely changed there. Like the the maturation process into the big dog was it cleaned him up. All right, we're going old school for this one. Wahoo McDaniel, number three. He played for the he Oilers. Professional football. Broncos, yes. Jets, and Dolphins. How about that? 105 games. Yep. For Wahoo McDaniel. Uh number four. Wow. 
He played for the Montreal Alouettes, Tampa Bay Bandits, Memphis Showboats, Jacksonville Bulls. Um, he is the performer, the master of the torture rack. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. I forget about Luger's football career. Never knew that he played definitely football. happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I do know this one. Number five. One word. Damn. Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons played for the Rough Riders, Tampa Bay Bandits. Um, the first black world heavyweight champion. Ron do you remember Simmons. that? It was uh, a pretty I've, big deal at the I've time. I've seen the video. Yeah, I remember it at the time. It was a pretty big deal. Uh, Ernie Ladd. Big cat Ernie Ladd. Chargers, Oilers, Chiefs. Uh, big cat Ernie Ladd uh, is a WWE Hall of Famer and a Chargers Hall of Famer. It's oh. pretty cool. Uh, number seven, he was um, one of the members of the Four Horsemen in the 90s. Mongo. Steve Mongo McMichael played for, the, of course, the Chicago Bears. Now, I don't know about Ladd and Wahoo and all these guys, but Mongo got into it like late. I guess all these guys probably did that played football. But Mongo was like a, a real well, deal football player, right? Not, I mean, not Lex. Lex is pretty direct transfer, I think. But Mongo played from 80. But Mongo had like a long career. To 94. Right. And then and jumped then, into the uh, the wrestling there. I wonder if there's uh, I wonder if Kevin Green made the list or if he's how did he, How did he not? Number eight, Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Flying, Flying Brian, Brian Pillman. Pillman. Yeah, that's a good one there. Number nine, okay, I've seen this guy, I want to say in Lucha Underground maybe, um, played for the Falcons, Patriots, Colts, Rams moose isn't he the current yes, he is one big of, dude he is yeah he is a big guy in impact giant dude uh tied for 10th monty brown how do i know that name he's most famous for the pounce the alpha male monty. monty brown yeah uh he played for the bills patriots <laughs> kevin green <laughs> hold on i, I was wondering how this guy made the list kevin Here. green had like real football success I guess maybe in terms of matches, he doesn't make the list. Like in terms of like number of matches, Jeff Jarrett calls this guy his buddy. He says, "My buddy Pac-Man, Adam Pac-Man Jones, is on his list." He wrestled three matches maybe in TNA. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, and the, and now we've got the honorable mention: Dick the Bruiser, Kevin Green, Tito Santana, Doctor Death. How about the, the guy? All of those guys are better. Yeah, that's just. But how about the guy Jeff that, that played for the Redskins that was murdered? Bruiser Brody? I I didn't know that Brody played for the Redskins. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be considered on this list? That uh that's maybe a snub. his maybe it was a cup of coffee in the league. Yeah, but uh, Bill Goldberg. I, I, I get it. Like yeah. if you're making any list of wrestlers that were football players and Brody's one of them, you gotta put Brody up there. All right. Never thought I'd be talking about a Jeff Jarrett article on the show on recently ESPN. released by the WWE and I guess he's landed yeah. <laughs> as a journalist at ESPN. The Eagle has landed. All right. Uh let's uh take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll track down Mully. We'll talk some football, baseball, golf, everything in between. That's on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunity opportunities to minimizing risks. Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Bryce Williams, former Pirate tight end, said to join us at 5 o'clock. We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick talk some Pirate offense with Bryce. Got Chandler Honeycutt, the big dog Glenn Griffin here. I am Clip Brock. And Mike Mullis joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. It is a great time of the year. Major League Baseball season. Still a ways to go, but we're we're starting to get into look at the standings mode. We've got NFL preseason. A lot going on. And uh, Mully, great time of the year. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. I want to start here. Thank you for reminding me, Chandler, that I told you I wanted to bring up a tweet on the show today specifically when i talked to mike mullis i want to get your take on this mully i haven't decided how i feel about it yet Mets owner stephen cohen is pretty active on twitter and seven hours ago so that would be 12 that'd be like nine this morning or whatever he tweeted it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive the best teams have more disciplined approach the slugging and ops numbers don't lie so is it you know he's talking about his own team here i guess and how they stink and we knew that uh we i i I knew the mets would flounder and and blow this thing as they've done the braves have bypassed the phillies and the mets but what do you think about an owner you know using his uh twitter as a platform to criticize players well, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Maybe not Twitter, but the, the criticizing part. I mean, you know, Jerry Jones has made a career out of it. So I, I, uh, I don't, I don't think this is anything new to us. I, at least Jerry Jones has some validity in the fact that he played the game. Uh, and huh. you know, but, but listen, baseball is a game that is um, purely analyzed these days in the numbers. And the, uh, you know, I, the column to me that doesn't lie is wins and losses. Now, those other things obviously help you get there. And the Mets have, by all accounts, underachieved. And I, that dude spent a lot of money. I'm sure he's frustrated. Uh, you know, they, they're, they are the Mets. I mean, the best thing he could do is change the name. That seems to be another trend in sports. But it's, uh, you know, I, again, I, we're no stranger to this. It's just, uh, it's just. The, the Twitter format allows a lot more people to read it all at the same time and even be able to respond. And I, that would be that would be my curiosity would be to see the string of responses, uh, probably in support of what he's saying. Mike Mullis joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line scary moment last night. A's pitcher Chris Bassett uh, hit by a line drive, suffered a right cheek fracture, and will require surgery. Uh, but he is doing all right. He actually sent out a tweet today thanking the White Sox and a staff, front offices, owners. Uh, he said the support he got and the medical attention 
at Rush University Medical Center was fantastic. So uh, good to see he's doing all right, Mully. That uh, that too we've seen before, and it is unfortunately part of the game. I know I got some friends who are acquaintances and, and friends with Chris Bassett. I don't know his. His, do you know his relationship to uh, to North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, Mully, the A's pitcher? I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. yeah I, normally I would have some inkling, but I know this one's that's new to me. Yeah, uh, but good to see he's doing all right, Mully. And uh, let's go back to uh, to college baseball. This was the reason they weakened the bats uh, years and years ago, right, Mully? These, these line drives to the infielders and specifically the pitcher? Yeah, at one point, man, the, the – the bats went through a phase of uh, actually making it a, an unfair advantage to the hitter, and, and and obviously the safety standpoint. But you know, one of the one of the things you learn through years of playing is reaction to the sound of the ball. You know, it's it has the balls hit well have a different sound. These bats years ago were, were composite bats, and they didn't. They weren't as hot, if you will, until they were broken up. And once they were broken up, they, they didn't have a sound of good contact. So it kind of became fooling to your senses. You would hear a ball. It would sound like somebody had hit a ball. You remember the big red wolf ball bat? Yeah. And that, that thump sound? Yeah. Kind of what these, these, I, these composite bats had, like a bladder in them. And that was the sound they made, and it was. How do you break a bat, Molly? What does that mean? How do you do? How did you do that? So um, prior to those bats, you had BP bats, and then you had your gamers. And now I'm talking about not necessarily at, you know, at a, at a D1 program like East Carolina, they they have. I mean, they're given bats, so they have, yeah. you know, plenty. But uh, it, it, in in the uh, in the like American Legion ranks, and even in at, at, at some of the you know smaller college levels. You had your old battery, your BP bats, and your new battery, your gamers. Well, that completely flipped, and you used your gamers for BP so you could break them in. They had literally they had a shell on them, and the the bat was straight. You take the take the plastic off of it, and it used to be that when you took the plastic off, that's as hot as that bat was going to be. Mm-hmm. Well, with these bats, you take the plastic off and just beat them to death, <laughs> and the more you beat them. They kind of broke up the shell. It had like a spiderweb effect, uh, and the bats just got hotter and hotter hmm. to the point where you would see guys uh, beating them on like wood uh, light poles or cell phone poles, you know, whatever, power poles. You would see guys beating these bats and even went through a portion where uh, guys were buying these rollers, and you would roll the bat through there with pressure on it to try to break up the shell. And that, those bats were incredibly hot and incredibly dangerous. Yeah, and uh, and we have seen a shift in that. And and now, Molly, have they gone? Are the bats more alive now than they were years ago? Didn't they go like too far to the other side, and they brought it back a little bit? Where are we now with the bats in college? And and who, who knows? They 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 established a standard that's called BB core and. And I'm sure that there's somebody listening that could probably expand on this a little bit better than me. But yeah. everything has to be this BB cord. It's supposed to be exit velocities and whatever other measurables they have. Uh, but then, you know, then the argument is made that they – I don't think they live in the bat. I think they live in the ball. Mm-hmm. They, you know, drop some seams and that kind of thing. And, you know, and they can – you can address – you can adjust the flight of a ball a lot with the core of the ball. So, you know, they um, – 
there's always ways to tinker with it. You know, Major League Baseball's been through that with the live ball era. Obviously, a wood bat's a wood bat. There are some things that can be done. You could bone them and make them a little harder. There's certain things. But all in all, uh, the only thing you have to tamper with there is is the, the, the firmness of the baseball. Mike Mullis joining us. Got a fun race going on in the American League wild card right now, Mully, with the New York Yankees red hot. They've won five in a row, uh, seven of ten. They have now tied the uh, the Red Sox and the A's uh, for the wild card spot, uh, the the top spot in the wild card. And my answer is always going to be no. Are the Yankees likable? But I got to say, adding Rizzo, adding Gallo. And these guys are up there after the game smiling and stuff. I think Rizzo might be banged up right now. But Gallo and uh, a big grin. The, the Yankees uh, became a little bit more likable maybe uh, overnight with those guys. And, heck, they're uh, they're hot right now playing good baseball. Well, we've seen this before, too. And, you know, years ago when they added Nick Swisher, a guy who really didn't fit that, um, that kind of stern. Which led to the famous Mully line. Remember it, Mully? No, I do, I do, I do remember it all too well. Uh, Turd in a punch bowl, Nick Swisher in that in those pinstripes. That uniform, yeah, pinstripes. That's right. Uh, but he, you know, kind of seen that before. He was kind of a, you know, free spirited, easy, you know, easy going cat, and, and that's what you get from the two guys you just mentioned. So I don't know, man. They, it, it's it's funny. It, it, I I really do think it would be uh, very uh, maybe ironic or further the little brother role of the Mets if the Yankees make the postseason and the Mets don't. I just think that would be – I mean, that's that's meme-worthy. And there will be memes about that in the event that that happens. Mike Mullis joining us on the uh, Fixed NC Live Line. Braves are red-hot mully, as we said earlier. They lead the NL East right now. You've got the Rays uh, leading the AL East by five games. White Sox are in control in the Central. Astros have a lead over the A's in the West. Uh, back to the National League. Braves on top of the East. Brewers running away with the Central. And the Giants have won three in a row. Dodgers have won five straight, but the Giants still in control. And Molly, we saw the Padres become a player in all this. They, they make all these moves. And uh, yet they are 12 games back of the Giants. And you got the Cincinnati Reds of all teams creeping up on the Padres. And I know they just got Tatis back. He's been on fire since coming back. But uh, we kind of, uh, I guess, penciled in the Padres to the playoffs maybe a little too soon. Yeah, but, I, man, I don't know. That 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 is going to be the uh, craziest race coming down to the wire. I fully expect we see a play-in game out there. Uh, I mean, I, that that's th- those are. Re- I mean, I, you got to think that the World Series winner is going to come out of that division. I mean, I, they're just just so good. So I, I mean, yeah, still a long ways to go. But I, I yeah, the, I, I certainly wouldn't give up on the Padres. Uh, they're, they they just seem like the kind of team that if they get hot at the right time, they're just they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, I don't know if they've got enough pitching, uh, which you know the, the Dodgers are obviously loaded, but. Uh, you know that that's gonna that 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 race is gonna be fun to watch. Mike Mullis joining us. Mully scrimmage number two coming up Saturday for ECU during this fall camp as we get closer to kickoff. Now just 15 days away. Uh, how you feeling about ECU App State? You know what, I, ECU App State. We'll you know we'll know more Friday when the game's over. But I, I, I what I am very um, positive about. Is all I mean. Everybody just seems to be excited and, and listening 
I think listening to the players uh, on the show Monday, uh, man, I thought they did a great job of, of conducting themselves and answering questions and giving you a feel for for kind of what's going on there. So, I mean, I I uh, I, I, I think it's going to be. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting season, and I don't think the App State game um, dictates the, the the entirety of the season. Obviously, to get the, to, I think maybe to get the bowl eligibility, we need to win that one. I mean, we're going to, yeah. well, you know, yeah, yeah, the App game. So I, I, uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, it is an exciting time, and and it feels good uh, around town to have that excitement back. No doubt, and uh, and people are pumped for the season. And Molly, we. I'll ask you. I've been kind of throwing out this question this week. How important is the app game for the attendance for the home opener against South Carolina? Is it a, a situation where people are fired up no matter what? If you lose by 14, people are still going to be you know, full bore for South Carolina. Is it a situation where if you go out and, and lose it by, by 14, 17 points, some people on the fence will say, okay, same old, same old. I'm not going to the game. I know what it means if they win that game. People are going to be jacked up. It's going to be a party all week leading up to South Carolina. But what if they lose that game, Molly? What does that mean for attendance for the home opener? You know, I think it's probably some of that is how they lose that game. And I'm going to tell you, the home opener, I think weather's going to be a big dictator for who decides to attend that game. Yeah. You know, you got a chance to be brutally hot. But, uh, you know, man, I, I think – I think pirate, the pirate faithful and 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 the the program as a whole. I just think there's so much excitement around it. Unless they just get blown out, yeah, and just play embarrassingly, I I, I don't think it has a huge effect. Again, I think the the weather's going to have a bigger effect on that game than than what happens with uh, App State, unless it is a uh, you know a blowout that favors App State. Molly, a lot going on on the uh, the golf horizon as well, right? You've got, I guess, the playoffs starting, which I still don't fully understand. The playoffs, you've also got a Ryder Cup uh, coming up too. So uh, something to keep an eye on for golf. Yeah, the playoffs are fun, man. And, you you know, I, they, I mean, it's it's all kind of a points game and where you're at, and, and that gives you privilege to play uh, in certain events, and you have to stay uh, into those ranking levels to continue to move forward. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be, um, it, you know, it'll be fun to watch. It always is. And then the Ryder Cup, man, is just, I mean, it's the Ryder Cup. It's right up there. I, I, after the Masters, it's my favorite golf event. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, 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 I, again, I think we're heading into this. It's, it, that's one thing COVID has done is has produced the opportunity for us to say several times over the last six or eight months, Man, what a great time for sports! <laughs> There's just been so much compressed in the, yeah. you know, tiny little pockets. So I think we're in another one of those, and uh, you know, so yeah, I, I think um, I think it's going to be cool. And you know, and, and, and again, when you, you know, you got football going, you got playoff golf, you got playoff baseball. You got, I mean, it's it is a it's a it's a fun time of the year. How about this, Molly? Uh, Saturday, the last Saturday without college football for the rest of the year. It's pretty exciting. Now, the following Saturday, you get Illinois-Nebraska, and really that's about it. There's four or five other games that aren't very good. But you'll have the option, Molly, to, to get that clicker and, and turn a game on next Saturday. Yeah, is Nebraska going uh, to be able to play anything shake with their uh, with their issues today? Yeah, I saw that. With, uh, they are investigating the Huskers and Scott Frost for violations. And we were also talking about 
it reminded me of arizona state where they brought in some recruits face to face during the covid stuff the non-contact period and i don't think anything's been decided about that either so i I, who knows molly the way these things go this might not be decided you know a punishment until 2026 the way it goes so i don't know Uh, no you're right scott frost will be on the market before uh before that's adjudicated correct correct uh molly thanks for joining us today man yeah man always good Mike Mullis joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. We called Mully. You should call Mully. 999-0001 if you have issues and you need, uh, if you got damage and need help. Uh, Steve Hill asking during that segment, uh, was that supposed to be funny? Let's see how long it takes Chandler. I'm going to say he gets it in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. And, all right, Chandler, we'll move on and go to break. Uh-oh. Was that supposed to be fun? <laughs> there it is. And that it's was, crazy because that was worth the wait. Uh, while he was on, I was like, all right, I'll keep my eye on the was that supposed to be funny audio, and I lost track of it. So, no anyway, problem. but no problem uh, yeah, was that supposed to be funny? Was that supposed to be funny? That interview uh, had more of a serious tone. It wasn't supposed to be it that was, funny. It was, and touched on a, a lot of things. <laughs> that we did let's take a time out we'll wrap up hour number two get you ready for hour three when we return on pirate radio live we are back on a wednesday after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Select Bank and Trust. Banking is banking until the service is not the same. Wouldn't you like to deal with a bank that is responsive to your needs, can make local decisions, and cares about you, the customer? Try Select Bank and Trust. Bank local. Bank select. Selectbank.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the close to, close to 50,000 followers today at PR927FM. Now, let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, wrapping up our number two Mully uh, reference there. Scott Frost and Nebraska being looked at by the NCAA. Here's the story. Nebraska announced the NCAA is looking into its football program after reports said Cornhusker staff improperly used analysts and consultants with the knowledge of Coach Scott Frost and even moved workouts off campus last year when activities were banned during the pandemic. Um, citing unidentified sources, the Action Network reported that Nebraska has significant video footage confirming that practice violations occurred in the presence of Frost and other assistants. So, yeah, they're, they're cheating. They're doing what they're not supposed to do. It could give them a competitive advantage that other teams uh, abiding by the rules didn't get. So, okay, punish them. But really, I don't care. I mean, this does not seem like a big deal at all. I don't know what all the details are, but what I would imagine to be happening across the country as far as cheating goes and college athletics, specifically college football, this seems uh, like something that I don't care about. I think, 
and this is I read this earlier online in a tweet, and I thought it was kind of smart that this is an inside job to get him out. Yeah, it's an inside <laughs> job to uh, have the paperwork to be able to get out of a buyout situation at the end of the season. Where did we just talk about that? You know, the paperwork comes from inside the house. You know, it comes from inside the athletic department, makes its way out to the NCAA anonymously. Yeah. Um, I mean, could be. Now, Nebraska, now Scott Frost is, uh, you know, the native son. He's the hero. But he's he's but, not doing well there. Yeah. Uh, let me look at the uh, the last few seasons for the Cornhuskers. So, Scott Frost got there in 2018, coming off uh, a banner year at UCF. He goes 4-8, and 5-7. And they were three and five last year. Yet to have a winning record, um, tied for, I guess, last for fifth in the uh, West Division of the Big Ten. So you're right. I mean, he has uh, now. He can blame Mike Riley or Bo Pelini about the players he's had to play with, but at this point, this is his team. His cooking. Uh, he is the chef and the waiter and he's eating the meal and doing it all so uh no more excuses for frost so that's a that's an interesting take conspiracy theory there that it's an inside job trying to get the boss whacked uh the boss being in this case scott frost just putting it out there i mean i I saw it put out there on twitter i thought it was an interesting take that you know it could be the uh, athletic department moving to uh relieve him of his duties we'll all be watching nebraska football why is that because it's the first game of the college football season it'll be next saturday week zero as uh nebraska takes on illinois and i believe that is a one o'clock kickoff on fox so we'll get to see uh frost and his rule breaking cornhuskers take on tony peterson chase hayden and the Illinois Fighting Illini. You know what? You know what? I'm going to watch that game. You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm not. Tony Peterson used to say, you know what, a lot. You know what? He sure did. You know what? He sure did. Chase Hayden. How about the uh, the path he's been on as a running back? That path was about that long at East Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so it was Arkansas, what, Fayetteville to Greenville to Champaign. Has been Champaign. Champaign, Illinois for uh running back chase hayden it is so crazy to think about ecu's running backs heading into last year and how it turned out because you had darius Penix, you had the previous year's leading rusher demetrius mooney and you had this This hayden from sec SEC, we got our guy he's gonna be a stud fumbles against uh ucf did not get a ton of carries after that and said i'm out and then Rajay and Keaton Mitchell, Icy and K3. And he went around the locker room, Chase Hayden did, and said, who was that offensive coordinator that used to coach here? <laughs> oh, uh, You know what? Uh, it was Tony Peterson. Yeah. Oh, well, where's he at now? Illinois. All right, I'll give them a call tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to miss out on Tony Peterson uh, at App State because he is now with uh, the Th- Illinois right. Fighting Illini. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's take another break. We'll come back. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. Bryce Williams, some Donnie Kirkpatrick cuts. Chandler, we got to open up the booty bag. Did Shirley leave you any goodies to give away today? I She didn't tell me what to uh, throw out there, but I'll tell you what. You make the call. I'm going to make the call right now. We're not going to open <laughs> oh, it up. Oh, We're not oh, opening oh, it up. Relax. But what we are going to give away in our 
three is a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Domino's. Get the door. It's Domino's, your pirate pizza delivery experts. Uh, we'll be doing that later on this hour as well. We got one hour to go on Pirate Radio Live. Stick around. It's on the way after these words. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Keep your vehicle clean with the Pirates Cove Car Wash Fast Pass. The Fast Pass allows you to have unlimited car washes every month at every location. Pirates Cove Car Wash has locations on Greenville Boulevard, or excuse me, on Greenville in Greenville on 10th Street, Fire Tower Road, and Memorial Drive. Pirates Cove Car Wash, the ultimate car wash experience and the official car wash of ECU Athletics. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. Alrighty, back with you on PRL here on a Wednesday, counting down the days, uh, 15 in fact, away from East Carolina and Appalachian State on Thursday. September the second. <laughs> uh, Chandler wanted you to shut that door, Bryce. Uh, he was trying to get your attention. If you don't mind, buddy, roll. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah, don't cross the streams, but we did, unfortunately, with Bryce. Uh, yeah, fifteen days away. Uh, Pirates and App State going at it at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, and we are locked and ready to go for another year of great coverage here at pirate radio our four-hour bud light pregame tailgate our however long it takes fifth quarter call-in show about an hour average of about hour 45 minutes uh if we can win and get more interest we'll uh we'll take that back to two and three hours like it used to be um and we'll have uh some celebratory editions of that show and it's a lot of fun talking about pirate victories on a saturday eve uh bryce welcome back to the program hey hey how you doing bud i'm doing well good to see you we uh we'll get to hear from your old position coach donnie kirkpatrick today oh, cool deal as he spoke cool. to the media and he likes to talk yes, and uh we like to hear him talk because uh, he has a lot to say in fact chandler uh let's go ahead and get started with donnie kirkpatrick here's part of what he had to say earlier this week after east carolina football practice well uh coach i see the same thing your thoughts on the scrimmage coming out of it on well i have a lot of thoughts about it and uh you know the thing that uh you you like about going into the stadium is it makes it more game-like and then we had a uh non-scripted scrimmage so coach had an idea what he wanted you know i know what he wanted now but we didn't know going in so we had to prepare just like a game and that that helps you as a coach to get ready a little bit too because when you go out and practice you have it all scripted out because you want to make sure you get this run you want to get this run to the left you want to get this run to this young man and all that so it made it a lot more game like so you know that that was the big emphasis probably what my thoughts were though about how it went was that uh, I was very pleased, these are the positives, that the, the, the first offense and the second offense and the third offense uh, 
didn't have a lot of the first scrimmage bust. Like, we didn't have 12 guys on the field. We didn't have 10 guys on the field. Neither one are good. Uh, we didn't have anybody wrong substitution in the game, okay? We didn't have really a lot of penalties. Uh, the first group really only had one penalty. A guy jumped off sides, which for the first scrimmage, that's almost unheard of. You know what I'm saying, really? So that those things are pleasing. The first offense did not have a turnover. They did not have a turnover. We did put the ball on the ground two times, okay, that we were able to get it back. So, you know, those were some of the good things about it. We did have some some big plays. We didn't have enough big plays, I didn't think, by the one offense. Now, you're going against your own defense, so that, you know, it's a tough little deal right there. Uh, the thing that uh, did kind of stand out a little bit, though, was I didn't think that the second and the thirds were very good. And, and you have to be careful of that as the coach. You're sitting there in the press box, and you kind of get frustrated you know, because you got three different groups going. The third group's probably your scout team, okay? You know, those guys that are red shirting or whatever. So you've got to bring them on. You got you want them to do good, so you're you're getting frustrated at them. They're probably not going to play in the game for a while. Uh, the second group really does need to be ready. Uh, we did have Sean Bailey out up front, and then we had that little dude. Uh, little dude makes all this one. I can't think of his name, whatever his name is. He wasn't in there, and you know that that really makes. A big difference. You'd like to have him. But wow, what great practice because how about if he's not in the game? Or how about if the team just takes him out and double teams him like Central Florida did last year? It forces you to say, man, we better have a plan for what happens if we don't have the, what's his name, Tom? Uh, Tyler Sneed. Yeah, there you go, Tyler Sneed. So, uh, the, and then just to wrap it up, because I know I get long winded here, uh, I didn't think we had maybe the excitement on the offensive side of the ball that I would like to have seen us have. And, you know, it's the first time coaches in the press box, so I don't know. I don't think I had anything to do with it that I wasn't down there. But I, I just saw even we scored on the second drive the offense did with a really nice throw by Holton to Cam. And, you know, we had an end zone view. You can see the, the, the sideline. About three guys went. You know, like that. Well, that's a touchdown in a game. I mean, you know, because we're playing it like, yeah, I'd like to see a little more excited. Later in the scrimmage, Raji Harris made one of the greatest effort, second effort, third effort runs that I've ever seen. It was an unbelievable run. We, had it, we blocked it well. He popped it. Then about 17 guys hit him. He spun out of it, fought, fought. And I didn't feel like we, we were chasing the ball or everybody was. I would have thought the coaches would have been having to hold everybody back. You know, so I, I didn't think we were at that mentality. That's one thing we talked to the offense about this this week about let's play every down, every situation like it is that Super Bowl. So that's my thoughts. Just that. Good thought. <laughs> there is Donnie Kirkpatrick there. Bryce was laughing at something that he heard. <laughs> Donnie Kirkpatrick apparently uses a number a lot. Constantly. Yeah, he's if he's referencing something like Roger Harris. 17 you know 17 guys hit him and he's used that number probably i mean ever since i started you know ever since i played so that's hilarious to know he's kept that going i wonder if it's uh related to Dwayne harris we, who wore we think it's me zay hardy we all think and all the other inside super guys think it's for Dwayne harris and now everything that happens uh that he attaches a number to it's, it's 17. 17 it's a reference to Dwayne. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But now it's just become a habit of when he needs to just throw out an arbitrary number. It's 17. <laughs> 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, he did it. I mean, every time he needed a reference number, it was 17, even when I played. So that's hilarious. He's still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hear more from Donnie Kirkpatrick from earlier this week after Pirate football practice. 
How is the offensive line responding to this many days of consecutive heat? You know, it's hard. It's hard on the big guys. Those those guys are all 300-plus, and, you know, you, you, you kind of say, well, you got to challenge those guys. Those guys got to be the tough guys. But it is the hardest on the offensive line guys. And so uh, Sean Bailey's been out. Now you're one down. Somebody has to move up. Somebody has to get double reps. Uh, Trent Holler was out, the second center. That had a lot to do probably with the twos, not maybe doing as well as I'd like for them to do. So it's been a challenge because they told me, and I was up in the press box. I did not think it was very hot. I thought it was about, it was about 72 up there, I guess. And I, I really did tell the person, can you turn that down about 68? And I had a Gatorade, and I had a great view, and I, I didn't understand. When I went down there after the scrimmage, I was like, damn, it's hot down here. And they were all like, yeah, coach. You know, Even the backup quarterbacks that didn't play much were sweating like crazy. They said the heat index was 106. So I thought, well, okay. You know, you got to take that into consideration. Now, we have all know that if you live in this part of the world and you're going to play football games – in, in early September, okay, that, 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 that could be the case. We've had some games like that. So we expect Charlotte to be hot. We expect the first game here at noon, since Tom scheduled that game at noon with South Carolina, uh, to be a hot game. So it is stuff. We're doing it, and we need to do it. But that doesn't make them feel better while, while they're going through it. But they're a tough group. Coach Shanks, you know, he's phenomenal. He, he ain't going to let them get an inch. The Saints handle the heat better than the players? Uh, no. No, he does not. Uh, have you noticed any separation in the, the, the battle for the backup quarterback spot? You know, that's a thing that I – I'm about to what, – what little bit – that's why I have a little less hair, I guess, now. It's, I'm pulling it out because they're, they're, there's three of them, you know, Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn, and Ryan Stubblefield, and they've all done good stuff, and then they've all not done good enough to really claim that job. And so I heard one of your comments, somebody said something to Holton about it, but, you know, you didn't get to play enough. We played 40 snaps, but that's why he only plays 40 snaps, you know, and that's our preseason game is because we have to make ourselves play those other guys because it, it, it's reality. Eventually you're going to have to play somebody else. So you get out there and you want to compete, and everybody wants to win, everybody wants to taunt the other side a whole bit, but you have to fight that as a coach and say, yeah, but – we can't just leave Holton in there. Holton was 16 to 21. Tom counted it wrong. I think he had him 14 for 21. I, he, he's from Texas. They don't know that. Uh, so uh, he was having a pretty good day. If you leave Holton in there, you're going to look a lot better no matter what. The other guys all had good days today, though. Okay, again, so I'm just going to have to make a decision eventually, probably, and go with your gut feeling because uh, they're, they're not doing it right now. Would you ideally like to make that decision after the scrimmage, like especially when the app prep begins after this? That's exactly what what the thoughts are. You know, sometimes you're in there with a competition for the first spot. We're not at this point, and and that's okay because Holton can handle that. You know, then the team can handle that. They know he's the guy. He's not going to take a day off knowing, okay, well, I've got the job locked up. He's not that guy. Uh, but we have to make a decision after the next scrimmage. So all the practices are important as well. So the scrimmages are not the only thing because you won't get enough situations of them in it. You don't have enough reps. The big guys can't stay out there for seven hours to get the quarterbacks enough practice. So we'll have to judge it on. Like we had a really good uh, team period today, and all our team periods are scrimmages. They're really live. I mean, we, we, there's no holding back. We had a great red zone deal. Those will be 
tremendous reps to grade from the quarterback, see how they did. And then, but the, the, the scrimmage Saturday, I got to get them equal numbers, try to get some situations, you know, created. And then we'll have to make a decision. We'll have to go with it because it's time to roll then. It's time to go play ball. Donnie Kirkpatrick there, the second scrimmage of fall camp coming up on Saturday. Bryce, would it shock you to hear that the defense, and he mentioned there if Holden Naylor stays in the whole time and they run with him, then the offense probably would have had a better day. But overall, the defense won the scrimmage hmm. on uh, last Saturday. Seems like that's kind of the case, right? The defense is ahead of the offense. Yeah, at- we. I think we've had, during our scrimmages, we've had days when the defense seems to uh, – get the edge on us or we just typically beat ourselves in those scrimmages with you know um missing assignments or turnovers um yeah and then it's never good when you know they defense you know claims that they won the scrimmage but then we've had it vice versa you know we've whooped up on the defense so um you know for the first scrimmage it doesn't surprise me maybe the defense got the edge on the offense today and it wouldn't shock you or anybody at all if this saturday the offense wins it right Right. the the, the back and forth of it all Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure so um you know like you said if holton stays in there obviously i guess he's a starter um you know hopefully that gives you know the offense the guys because i mean you go out there i mean you're not just i mean obviously it's for fun but i mean you're, you're trying to you know improve and sharpen your skills and uh you know in the plays and everything during those uh scrimmages even though it's a gets a little tough when you're going against the same people for i guess you spring then you know summer you don't really go against that crazy but um into the fall so it gets a little monotonous going to the same guys and they're calling out the plays or they just know um set up and just they obviously got a feel for you so um it makes it a little frustrating sometimes during scrimmages yeah and donnie kirkpatrick said it there mike houston said it earlier this is a huge saturday and really thursday friday saturday for the guys behind Holton Aylers at quarterback. They need to mm-hmm. go ahead and figure out and cement who's going to be the number two quarterback right. because I, I was thinking about it, Bryce. Shane Carden was able to stay pretty dang healthy his whole mm-hmm. career, right? Yeah, he – I mean, besides probably getting banged up a few – like in sitting out maybe a series or two, yeah, I mean, he, I, he played – He never missed a game. Yeah. Like never was out – the following week now before and after that uh, and my point stands that you're going to need more than one quarterback to get through a college football season we've seen it for sure at ecu you uh and and we've talked about the 2015 season time Mm -hmm. and time again with kemp and summers and just trying to piece together something yeah offensively but even before that i remember uh my favorite backup brad warnick would come in for oh yeah was that the dominique davis era chandler yeah when if dominique went out warnick would come in and he was a a viable backup quarterback i mm. think uh benker was young bryce yeah. but you probably felt decent about him coming in if he needed yeah. to yeah he he kind of uh, uh definitely was confident in benker but you know he was going to try and make something ha- you know he always felt like all right he's going to try and make something happen um out of nothing or just look for the big play um, I think possibly sometimes he looked for the big play uh, rather than just sort of the guaranteed. But so confidence um, wasn't an issue with Big Curd. No, no, confidence was good. Like I said, it would have been. I would have been curious to see what it would have been like. Yeah, you know, having him my senior year. But, oh man, you know, the quarterbacks I had were, you know, great. You know, good to have. And uh, while I was there, but you know, it would have been curious to see what what could have happened with him. But by the way, um, this has been asked a million times by callers and people who follow the program why did they put in Benkert to run that sneak against florida the one he fumbled on what the hell was that about 
That's, uh, that's out of my paper. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I just said, okay. You just run what's called, right? Uh-huh. But no matter who's in there. Yep. All right. Well, maybe we'll get an answer on that one, though. <laughs> All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back more with Bryce Williams, more Pirate football talk, and at the end of next segment, we will make you a winner and open up the Pirate Radio booty bag on a Wednesday. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back to the show think of thinking of remodeling your home or business ag's home solutions has been serving the remodeling needs for eastern north carolinians since 2017 the company specializes in additions kitchen and bath remodels historic preservations commercial upfitting and new construction ag's home solutions offers a full service design center and a showroom staff with a knowledgeable sales and design consultant ready to help with any remodeling project visit aghomesolutions.com to get started today well, let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host clip brock all right trying to explain some uh, gambling to bryce williams uh, here Devontae Adams plus 900 to lead the NFL in receiving yards, meaning if you bet, I don't know, 100, you would win 9,000. I believe that would be the case. I don't know bets. It's plus plus 900. Yeah. Yeah, it's nine times whatever your bet is. Yeah. So, yeah. What if it's negative 900? Well, see, when the minuses come. So now here's another example. Aaron Jones, over under 1,800 yards. It was minus 130 or whatever. So you have to lay $130 to win 100. You're laying juice. Meaning it's more likely that happens. It's a lot more likely that happens than the other thing. Oh, okay. So minus is good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, It means it's it's the favorite. Okay, so minus means favorite. All right. So, huh. so you're at lay, having to lay 130 to win 100. Like you're you're adding that 30 30 dollars of juice. But there's yeah, a very right. there's a much higher likelihood that happens. So if you oh, go God. over, that's why you're not getting as much payout. Yeah. Oh, okay. With Devontae Adams, now his odds are probably the lowest. Where another receiver will say Odell Beckham Jr. Just for example, to lead the league in rush in receiving yards, he'd probably be like plus. 2000 or something like plus uh, 1500 uh. so adams has like the lowest odds but the payout is so good because he's going against every other receiver in the league hmm. so i don't know if i'm explaining this well so i'm kind of you I got guess. it yeah yeah anyway let's uh. get back to what bryce does know and that's uh <laughs> that's pirate football yeah bryce what are your uh your expectations for uh the opener against app state we're only uh 15 15 days days away from kickoff i mean of course i'm thinking obviously a win um i don't know a score yet you know well you got time for that week i got two weeks left or i guess next win you got two wednesdays left but that second wednesday is game day eve we're got you got to be oh it is thursday right yeah Hey, it's game day. That's cool. I'll be ready for that. Okay. I'm going to think of, I'm going to look at past scores, average it out. 
I'm gonna get technical on you this. You are one. not. I'm gonna have to hit the phone books on this. One. I saw the some, phone books. <laughs> I saw somewhere today that I believe the line has gone down for the Pirates. Is I believe it's now at ten and a half hmm. App State favorite. So we've only. I mean, I guess it's better. Than, no, but that that is pretty significant just because it started so high. At was well, it at th- thirteen or fourteen it at was some thir- point? Thirteen and a half to begin with. So if it's all the way down to ten and a half, I saw it last at eleven and a half. But that is a pretty significant line move. And you're right, Chandler. It's gone from eleven and a half to ten and a half nice. in like a week. Wow! That tells you a lot of people are betting on the Pirates in two weeks. Yeah, and uh, that is uh, that's pretty interesting. And I I look at everything. I try to be unbiased with it, but obviously I have the purple shaded glasses on. Mm-hmm. I think that number's too high. But again we're all basing this off what we saw last year nobody knows these current teams yeah. new quarterback for app state uh east carolina a ton returning yeah. and uh and app state had a great year last year pirates have not had a great year since bryce was here in 2014 yeah uh, last time pirates went to a bowl game so i get it but the number still seems too high to me yeah i don't know all right we got uh let's hear a little bit more donnie kirkpatrick as he talked earlier this week following east carolina practice are you seeing improved communication on offense with the familiarity between players not just holton calling things but the line the receivers tight ends those calling those guys calling out formations i am where we're at right now offensively and and offense sometimes there's some growing pains you're getting ready to all the things you have to do uh, we're to the point now where we didn't have a lot of like busts, like, okay, a guy went the wrong way. Uh, a guy ran the wrong route, okay? We were in the wrong protection. Uh, but where we're at now is the technique wasn't good enough. You didn't stem the, the DB to get close to him to create the separation. You didn't, you know, stair-step the guy on the route because it was man coverage, not zone coverage, so you didn't separate. Some of the tackles floated too much and then got beat inside in pass protection. He knew he had that guy. He knew that guy was blitzing. The quarterback saw it. They re-ID'd it. They called the blitz out. We all got the right people going. Somebody got beat because they lunged, you know, or something. They used poor technique. That's the part now offensively. We've got to keep running the same plays, the same plays, the same plays, and get those things down. And that's where we're at right now. So on Saturday, Holton brought up it was last week was his first week since he became the starter not having Tyler Sneed. Do you think this has allowed him to grow and not having that number one reliable target? You know, I did, I did not realize that. And uh, uh, that's a good point. I, yeah, again, I think it puts him in a good situation. As a coach, what you do with your players is you go out there, and, and this, especially with the quarterbacks, you try to put them in uncomfortable positions and situations to prepare them for what can happen. So you're always out there working on drills where not you just drop back and there's great protection and the guy's wide open and you throw it, okay? You work on going back and then you make them move around, then you make them sprint and bail and they got to scramble and they got to throw that route on the run. He's got to come out of that route and get in the scramble drill. So you're always doing that. And then you, you want that chemistry for the receivers and the quarterbacks and building all that, but then you still want to keep stressing them because how about you're right? How about if something happens to Tyler? And, uh, you know, we, we've been using uh, Maceo O'Donnell, okay, as a running back because we thought we needed a little, another back, okay, because uh, we've got freshman and Pops working third, but we need a Maceo. I think he can help us there. Uh, with Snead out, we were talking as a staff, and Coach Houston first brought this up. Maceo may have to go back and play some H 
okay, receiver behind Snead, you know, just just to have, make sure we got somebody ready. Because Jory Patterson was doing great, got injured. Now, he was back today. Uh, Cam, we put Cam in there. He did do some good things, called a touchdown. And then he had heat, overheat today, and so he was out. So we, we got to keep working on that. Did any other wide receiver stand out? You mentioned Cam had a big play on Saturday. C.J. Johnson did. C.J. Johnson's had a great camp. Uh, C.J. had two just absolute great plays out there. Again, they don't, they don't get a chance to get that many catches because we were spreading it around. I had some of the third down scripted not only by what play I wanted to run but who I wanted to run that play to. So we put C.J. in there. Uh, I did it with Josiah as well. Josiah ended up getting a turf toe, so we didn't get to do it much with him. Uh, put CJ on a couple routes like these are routes we usually throw to Sneed. Okay, this is a, a route that's, I mean, we could call it Sneed because that's who we throw it to. All right, Sneed's not in here. CJ, you're getting that route today. And he went out there and made that play, so that was really, really encouraging. And then right before the half, we did a two minute drill, and CJ had a great play on a third down and eight where he made the catch, turned up the field. Hard physical play, made the first down, or we would have been in a punt situation, made the first down, and got out of bounds. So I thought he was the other one that stood out. Do any of the backup quarterbacks offer anything that Holton – is there a situational thing that any of the guys offer, or are we strictly looking at a backup quarterback? Well, I think no, because really I think Holton can do what we need him to do or what we want him to do. Uh, Walter Simmons, the true freshman, is an absolute – bullet as a runner you know what i'm saying so so sometime in there that might become a plan uh walter uh, had the death in the family he missed about five days of practice he i got him back in the scrimmage quite a bit but didn't get a chance to really get loose he does have maybe that other ability he can run at a different level yeah i mean holden's a good runner this guy right here is an exceptional runner but uh really the other guys i mean mason is probably more the dual guy really i mean he, he gives you a good runner too, but you know he's got a bullet of an arm too as well. You know Ron Stubblefield brings the most energy to the team of anybody out there too. So I mean he's he's a ham. That's what he is. But uh, uh, I don't see it being that way. Probably it's kind of Holton's team. It's Holton's offense, and I think the consistency with him, you know, is is probably the way we go. That's a great question. I think though. Donnie Kirkpatrick earlier this week at Pirate practice. We'll hear more from Donnie K. I would imagine on Saturday. Following ECU's second scrimmage, uh, Big Dog and company be ready for that. As I like to say, Saturday. 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 Huge Saturday on tap because for the players, it's big. Second scrimmage. For the fans, it's big. Meet the Pirates and the equipment sale. For the media, it's big. It's media day. So a uh, little bit of everything going on Saturday. I want to talk about uh, some movement in a different football program right quick. Right quick. Uh, a little bit. Uh, have you seen the list of eight names yeah. for the scans? Have you talked about it? I have not. You want to talk, talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, Do our, you have the list in I front have, of you? I have the list. All it's right. supposedly down to three names out of this eight. Correct. Now, there's a list of final three. CBS, I believe, put out this list of, yes, of, the eight. of eight potential new names for the Washington football team. Hmm. They have narrowed it down to three. But there are eight on this list. All right, let's uh, let's go one by one with Bryce here. <laughs> Armada, Washington Armada. No, not a fan. What is that? That's even? terrible. Isn't it like something with uh, ships or? Yeah, it's like a like ship a thing. group of a, a yeah. group of, of soldiers. Yeah. The hell's that got to do with Washington DC? Yeah. Uh, 
a brigade, brigade which God, is similar. Terrible. What is that Arena Football League name or something? I like Brigade better than Armada. I mean Brigade, I too. but that sounds so. The Brigade Brigade is one of the best um, alliances in Big Brother history. That is the only <laughs> reason I know that word Brigade. It was also an episode of Lost, a good episode in season three. All right, Commanders. God. Very plain, That's, but not horrible. Not horrible, but what I mean, is a commander? Plain, but plain, right? Oh, stupid. It's like, it, it's an Arena Football League or a, or a well, just wait. name or just wait. What's the next one? Defenders. That is literally the name of an XFL team. <laughs> the DC is. Defenders was a name. Well, no, you cannot be an XFL team. I'd rather just have like Washington Football Team. Honestly, well, okay. Guess ah. what? So. Uh, Presidents is an option, that's which again, I mean, don't like that's it. Lame. That's lame. That's lame. It's going to lead to a lot of stupid yeah, jokes. That's uh, lame that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Hogs, which is All fine. Right, so, Red Hogs. If you know the history of the Washington Redskins, the Hogs, the Hogs were a legendary group of offensive linemen during right. their Super Bowl years. Right. With Joe Jacoby and George Stark and Mark May and Jeff Bostick. And I just left one out. I shouldn't have started. Um, so Washington Hogs would be cool for old time fans. I guess they want to throw yeah. the red in there. You know, I mean, I think you got to have that in there for trademark purposes. Maybe Washington Red Hogs. I, I don't like the name really. I'd rather it just be Hogs. Like the bad thing is. Yeah, you obviously being a skins fan. Yeah, you know, like, it's probably hard to even me even hearing. I'm just like, no, all anything, none of them are going to sound anything right. Anything besides other, than, you know, other than Redskins will sound terrible. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just. However, oh. the next one on the list, I've I've resigned myself to accepting, which would be the Red Wolves, the Washington Red Wolves, because that's a. Yeah, that would that would hail to the Red Wolves. You could still do HTTR. I have, I think, reluctantly a little bit, Bryce, but like yeah. I've I've said, if that's the name, I'll I'll be okay with it. it I'll go. Yeah. I'll be NC Statish though. You'd have Howlin' Wolves at the game. Man, I don't man. care. I can separate that. <laughs> they're not the Wolf Pack. They're the Red it's, Wolves. It's all terrible. In my, I mean, to me, I think just Washington, like it's almost like a, well, the Oakland Athletics. The last one right. is yeah. And then baseball. That's not, I mean, isn't that kind of just general? Because they don't have a mascot, right? Well, they have an elephant for some reason. Kind of like Alabama Crimson Tide. Why do they have an elephant? Right. So Washington can have an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> but the last one on the list is what? The football team. Washington football I team. I think Washington football team. Would I'm be, fine with keeping it with that. I think it's you unique. Well. Yeah. There's only one team in the league like it. Exactly. We've done it one year. They beat the Cowboys twice. They went to the playoffs. It's kind of worked. So and it seems like uh, more of a, a classic name. I mean, I like the uniforms. They're very classic. They kind of look. I love the numbers on the helmets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's unique. It doesn't sound like a, we've already mentioned the XFL team, Arena team. Yeah. It just—it looks like um, to an me, AAF team. Like when I imagine you know. the logos and the uniforms of those seven other teams' names, mm-hmm. they oh, just terrible. all look bad. Can they you all look what bad. That's gonna be, yeah. yeah. Golly, oh yeah. Maybe I'll just keep football team. I mean, I'm fine with Red Wolves because you could go back to the classic cursive R the logo cursive R. that you got. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anything. Russ, uh, Russ Grimm. Thank you, Steve Hill. That was the uh, the name I left off there. The missing for the hogs. On the yeah. hogs. All right. So there you go. Bryce hates it all, and I understand why. Like you yeah. don't. It, it, 
change is hard sometimes. Exactly. And messy over that. And look, as a fan, like it sucks, like having a new name, but I'm okay with Washington football team, and I guess I'm going to be on board too. If it's Red Wolves, if it's any of those other names, That's it could terrible. take me a little while. They just oh, don't yeah. play like even in the division. You have such classic names: the yes. Giants, the Cowboys, uh, the Eagles. By the way, right. and then you're at Red Wolves. Giants Red Wolf. is really Commanders. a stupid name yeah. when you think about it. All these names are dumb. They were the football giants. Eagles is just an animal that uh, we could be the Washington Hawks or whatever. I can buy and the Giants for New York, but just let, we have we have accepted these names because we've known them our entire lives. Oh, and ever since the beginning of the time. Bryce, what if I told you Washington was going to be the Burgundy Sox? How stupid of a name is that? That's stupid, right? Terrible. But, okay, but you talk about the White Sox and Red Sox all the time like those are good names. Right. They're not. (laughs) They're stupid. That's true. But we've accepted it because it's been in our lives since we were born. Right. And, like, Giants. What is a Giant? I always took Giant as a representative of New York having tall buildings. Oh, cool. You're named after a tall building. (laughs) That's what I always took it as. That's stupid, too. The biggest buildings in the biggest city. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I can see that. And then Philadelphia has the Eagles because of the freedom situation with the 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 Liberty Bell and all that. Like, I get that. And then Dallas has the Cowboys, which makes sense. And the Panthers are stupid because there's no Panthers in North Carolina. There are Panthers in the mountains. Those are mountain lions. We call them Panthers around here. (laughs) Who does? (laughs) That's how we had to make it work to get them, you know. I like the Brian Bailey yeah. line every time somebody it, we, says we. He said, well, you got a mouse in your pocket? Oh, uh, yeah, it is funny. That's old. Who, I mean, out of all the NFL teams, there's how many have changed? I mean, it used to be the Houston Oilers. The Oilers went to the Texans. But then well, after that. I mean, the Oilers went to, to the, the Titans. Tennessee Titans. Titans. Yeah. Which so did what? not work at the time. I yeah. thought the Oilers' name was cool. I like their logo. The with the, uh, cool. Yeah, the what colors were cool. The rig. The uh, rig. The rig. Yeah, yes. I like that. But, like, other than that, who's changed? Well, nobody. That we've had expansion teams with the Jaguars, so, yeah, uh, I and mean, the Panthers, and the Texans. I don't know. I, not that I'm a huge Redskins fan, but I'm hoping for my buddy Clip here that they just stay the football team. Thank you, Bryce. You know, I appreciate it. To try and say anything else would be lame. I, yeah. I feel like all the other team names in the NFL are classy, or they're yeah. eerie or appropriate. Like the Seattle Seahawks is a little xflish but it's appropriate for the area the logo fits it all works but again yeah. we only I, I think we think that because we've heard it our whole lives what is a charger that's something you put your phone in to give it battery life <laughs> sure that's what the hell's a charger well. like for for them i would have thought you know if they were going to be san charger. diego and then lions rams i mean washington could just go with an animal of some sort like teams do which we think like tampa bay buccaneers that was probably outrageous at the time. Yeah. And now that's one of my it's probably my favorite one of my favorite nicknames in the NFL. What is a Packer? Yeah, the that's got pack. something to do with uh um, the meat packing district yeah. of a city or whatever. Were you gonna say was, cheese packing? Oh, I thought it was cheese in Wisconsin. It uh, is cheese, but it's something to do with like a meat packing district or a oh. a food packing district, maybe. The dumbest name in sports could be the Utah Jazz, considering we were just talking football. I was not expanding it. But but I bring that up because Mike says, "What about the Washington hip hop?" <laughs> no, since there's a Utah Jazz, Washington classic country. There we go. Jazz should be New Orleans. Hey, what was well, Washington it was. They were we the New Orleans Jazz, and they moved to Utah, and they kept What's the that name. Music in Washington. Uh, red. That red. Krishan uh, Rose. Yeah. The uh, I can't think of what it's, it's not called. disco. It's uh, um, what is the the style of music called? 
I'm not sure. What and there was a about. player on ECU. Jeff Charles had a great interview with him where he talked about he was like a DJ. Is um, it like reggaeton or? It's uh, let's see, uh, go go, go go, yeah, that's yeah. it. The Washington go go, the go go. <laughs> the DC area. Hold is, on, man. I think I might like that. There price. we go. The DC what? area is famous for a uh, wing sauce called Yum Yum Sauce. Washington Yum Yum. So, so, I don't think the, that works. If they're the Go Go's, you're saying right now the Go Go Washington football team or Go team, so it'd be Go Go Go. Go Go Go's. Go Go Go's. You could do some cool like double G graphics. Yeah. Triple G. D O double G. Yeah. Washington Go Go's. Damn. Well, we figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out. It sounds better than Defender. It's different. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't think of. Anything other than I kind of came came around to commanders. I don't hate commanders, <sighs> but there was a commander in um, AAF, wasn't there? I, I mean, there I was probably was, AFF. but AFF. I just don't hate. I don't hate that name. I like it better than the Red Wolves. I think the uh, Washington Pandas. That's from Scott. I don't know if that's real, but I don't know. That's uh, Washington that, has a zoo, so you could theoretically go to the zoo and just pick an animal because that's what we did for the Panthers. Pick an animal that doesn't have a name, that doesn't have a team named after him already. I feel mm. like that's what happened in Carolina. Like they went to the Asheville Zoo and they just walked around and were like, "Hmm, Washington yeah. leopards." There's right. a lot of cool cats. The Washington cool. womp cats. Hmm. It could be the Washington Wolverines, the kind of a double oh, W man. alliteration there. Animals in Virginia. Rattle, no, not rattlesnakes. I mean, there's probably rattlesnake. Yeah, probably rattlesnakes. Like Arizona Diamondbacks was actually a really cool name. Yeah, that works. Cool name. Like for an area, and they have cool logos too. Yeah. Uh, Redbeard says there isn't one damn bingle in the Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, not in the zoo. <laughs> they should be changed. <laughs> they should change their name to the Prisoners. Oh, God. Redbeard is a Bengals fan, and ironically, they play their best football during the calendar year that Adam Pacman Jones got arrested. And since he left the team, they've been garbage because he bring him back. He hadn't really been arrested in a while. So, mm. uh, all right, we need to make somebody. Let's open up this booty bag. Let's do it right now, Chandler. Honey, cut. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, a hearty discussion there on the Washington name. Uh, I like yeah. that. Uh, Chandler, what call are we looking for to give away this prize? Let's go with caller number eight. All right, caller eight, 317-1250. Uh, will we have a celebrity phone answerer, Wes Hines? He can't hear me because your mic's on. Wes, you want to get the phones? All right. Celebrity phone answer. Not only are you going to win a prize, but you're going to win a conversation with Wes Hines. <laughs> eight, caller eight. 317-1250. Wes Hines will have your address and phone number if you win. It's kind of dangerous, but we're <laughs> going to go with it. Uh, we are back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archive local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, 
SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Um, and congratulations to Panther fan Susan Deans of Greenville, the winner of a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Domino's uh, of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Every day, all three topping pizzas are only $7.99 each for carryout only. Order, order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right. Congratulations to Panthers fans. Susan Dean saw, uh, I think you referenced this earlier, Chandler, but Panthers are having a joint practice with the Ravens. That is correct. And I saw uh, a receiver who I thought was going to be great. He has been good, but not great. Sammy Watkins uh, schooling one of your cornerbacks there. Yeah, it was Dante Action Jackson, and the uh, the lights were off for Action Jackson because uh, he got schooled on that route. That he did. Uh, Sammy Watkins still still uh, getting it in the league. Won a did he win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, with Chiefs. last year? Yep. Well, not last year, year but two four. years ago. Year yeah. before. Uh, won with the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, uh, Bryce Williams is here. Oh, man, we got to go Pirate Radio Outdoors. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're going to get this last break in. Uh, by the way, we had a great Bud Light ECU report with Bryce Williams earlier as we talked Pirate football and heard from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Bud Light, uh, great any day, especially on game day, especially while you're tuned in to us on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. You can pick up some Bud Light today at your favorite retailer, Bud Light, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. Also nice to have if you're having a nice, relaxing day on the water. Right, Very Bryce? Very much so. Let's uh, find out what's been going on, what you've been up to outdoors, Bryce. Oh, you know, of course, been on the water. Um, went Saturday. Actually, spur of the moment, a buddy of mine. Um, it was like 10.30 on Friday night, and uh, I guess, thankfully, Anna was late coming home than what she originally said, so it kept me up later. Well, he called me at 10.30, said, you want to come fishing? And uh, we put in a chocolate and and it was on his boat, so I'm like, she'd go fishing with a buddy on his boat, 30 some minutes away. I, why not? And I, uh, we caught a mess ton of flounder. Um, a mess ton of flounder. Mm-hmm. They caught a mess ton of flounder. He caught, finally caught one good, finally caught a keeper. The others were, you know, small, um, probably like 12 inches or whatnot. But I mean, kept us busy on that. And then I caught a 24 inch rock on uh, top water. So uh, that was cool. So I had a, pretty good day there it was um not too long of a day so kept us busy and caught some fish and then i actually jetted out just for a quick shot this morning about home about 9 45 but um i didn't get skunked but i went with a buddy buddy i took a buddy and his uh, friend um down in the noose and it was kind of a slow day it's windy uh just kind of was a funky day it felt even it even felt kind of funky out there but I didn't get skunked, caught a little puppy drum. He caught a nice 23 and a half redfish. Um, so I've, um, you know, I've been fishing twice since the last time we met, and I plan to do it again this weekend. So it's good stuff out there. Bryce Williams ready to go back on the water and uh, some catch more fish. We found another uh, current pirate, Bryce, that likes to fish. Our pirate radio players lounge is open every monday on pirate radio live where we talk to whole nailers dj ford rajay harris um tyler sneed 
cj johnson bruce bivens and xavier smith and we found out we got to know the guys a little bit on monday bruce bivens an active fisherman says he likes uh he likes the saltwater fishing mm-hmm. i think he said kind of get his feet in the water glenn and yeah so what do you catch when you do that bryce if you're kind of on the, the shoreline there uh, and, uh, you can catch a whole whole plethora (laughs) (laughs) did not see that coming Uh, fish you know from the i mean from the shore i mean pretty much anything you can catch um (laughs) i think they're laughing in there (laughs) my big uh my big price well you stay focused sorry that was funny um but uh i mean you can catch flounder redfish trout um of course your sharks your rays no one cares about them uh, then your smaller, you know, croaker spot, but I mean, that's just getting, I mean, you can catch pretty much anything you can, uh, on the inshore fishing as far as on the boat and back in the creeks and stuff. So, um, I believe I, we've addressed this, but can you, and have you eaten ray meat before? Um, maybe if they were false scallops i mean i think they oh yeah uh, we did talk about that. right yeah. there's the whole so i'm sure i have off. because i mean i've got some big scallops and i'm like either that's just a really good catch or maybe i'm eating uh you know ray wing meat or yeah. whatever yeah um but i haven't done surf fishing in forever but yeah i mean you can catch catch pretty much anything off the surf i mean i haven't i'd rather be on a boat honestly it's just i mean i'll do it if actually i'd probably try to be on the boat but did you get your trailer tire fixed i guess you did man you wouldn't believe it i'd friday <laughs> it was on a hunt from you know it messed up tuesday and i was searching for if i couldn't find that part anywhere ended up resorting to um ordering from california but i was like hold up let me i mean google i think it's good stuff i type in boat trailer dealers in north carolina i was the one to go from anywhere well, fortunately, I'm calling everybody just down the list. Bam, bam, bam. No, I have to order it. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, God, gummit. And I wanted to go on the boat Saturday. So, of mm. course, I was pressured. I was like, I got to get it right for her. And uh, sure enough, I called a place in Wilmington. Um, and they had it. Brunswick trailers, marine trailers. But uh, they had exactly they had the hub and the torsion axle trailing arm all together. There you go. Saved me some money. I had to wake up, about leave the house about 545 on Friday, drive two hours, and then right back but she's all fixed awesome so i wish i could do three more of those but knock on wood hope i don't have that anytime soon so she's back running um little knickknacks here and there to finish up on the boat and uh after the season yeah. we got to get bruce and xavier on the boat because that bruce well, i think would take no. it to a like water xavier already said he's not getting on the boat that's the whole point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the whole point is that i'll, I'll give him a live check but bryce and bruce would be a good fishing show uh, i think if you took xavier you'd have the odd man out and that'd be funny yeah. but you could talk football you could talk fishing life everything i think bruce yeah. would be like randy moss on these fishing shows yeah. like he would just fit right in he'd yeah. just be one of the guys yeah Bryce, uh, thanks for joining us today, buddy. Thank y'all for having me. Enjoyed it. When we talk to you uh, next week, we'll be eight days away from Pirate Football. Eight. When we talk to you in two weeks, we'll be one One, freaking day day away. One day, and I got to come up with a score. You got to come up with a score. You got two weeks to do it, so good luck. All right, Chan Man, great job today. Thank you. Big dog, good to see you. Awesome job. Keep up the good work uh, with all the great videos, pictures, and uh, audio we're giving you as far as ECU football practice goes. 
and we'll have that for you each and every day just check out our social media sites make sure you're subscribed to pirate radio tv on youtube we got the full interviews there for you each and every day we'll see you thursday three o'clock for an all-new edition of pirate radio live so long everybody Let's go.